Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the Backseat GM podcast. I'm Ben Rauman. And I'm legally drunk. Hello, legally drunk. <laughs> I'm not legally drunk, but I got a banger. I think you're over the legal limit, probably, at this point. I could ride a scooter home. Mm. I don't know. I've seen people been given tickets for uh, drinking and liming. Really? Yeah. It's a, it's a thing. I mean, it's not usually enforced, but it, it's something that I, I've definitely seen people get in trouble for. I saw someone dress up as a lime scooter, and I was like, wow, that's probably the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Okay, it got a lot of it got a lot of positive reviews at the Halloween party. All right, I'm just kidding. I, I hyped you up that night. It was it was creative. It was um it was witty and mm-hmm. everything that you'll be tonight is you're just a just a hell of a guy, Ben. Wow, thanks. That's uh, that's high praise. My my ex girlfriend didn't really like it when I made her do the bro. Fuck your ex girlfriend. <laughs> do the, do the, the the bird costume to go with it. So. But that's why she's my ex-girlfriend, you know? Exactly. She didn't like the blind bird costumes. And you broke up with her that night because you're Mm -hmm. an alpha. That's right. That's right. There wasn't (laughs) anything else. Um, (laughs) uh, We have a special guest that will be joining later. Uh, Zach, unfortunately, won't be with us. But uh, we have Mark Schindler of Indie Cornrows and PremiumHoops.com. He's going to be talking some playoff stuff uh with me um but for right now zach and i will be doing our own little playoff preview um but first let's go to our kevin McHale, the part of the show where zach and i talk about a beer that we've picked and popped this week crafty hops with sneaky athleticism zach uh why don't you tell me what you're drinking right there i am drinking um sen arnold is just just absolutely on fire right now. Like my last two untapped seconds were around 4.75 and 4.5. I mean, for a hometown brewing company, I mean, can't be beat. Can't be beat. And you know, they're you know, Carbach bought out by Budweiser, St. Arnold, still St. Arnold. So That's right. I'm drinking old fa- an old fashioned, but it's not any old fashioned. It's a barley wine ale aged in rye whiskey barrels with orange peel. Mm-hmm. <sighs> A barley wine that's supposed to taste like an old-fashioned. Yeah. That's That sounds heavenly. Now, I will be objective about this. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting a lot of old-fashioned. That's but, heartbreaking. But I'm getting an amazing beer. Uh-huh. Like, I'm getting, um, I'm getting, like, that warm, warm, buttery toffiness. And, um. You know how uh, some some barley wine ales have kind of that fruity, kind of almost all like that little funky flavor at the end. Yeah, so like kind of like sweet, almost. Yeah. Yeah, it's got that, but like a good amount of it that makes you go, like, "Oh, this is interesting." Mm-hmm. But it's all, but you know, and it's also super boozy. Like I, yeah. I was making dinner tonight, and I um, I burnt the sweet potatoes. I didn't hear. I didn't hear the timer going off. <laughs> I was I was too busy drinking the beer. <laughs> Thirteen um, percent. It hits hits you like a um, like a Mack truck. Yeah, it hits you like Tyrese Maxey playing lockdown defense. Tyrese uh, Maxey. <laughs> um, honestly, I'm rambling here, but it's a hell of a beer. Um, super complex, and it, it's like I don't know. 
it's, some, some barrel-aged beers, the, the booze gets lost, and it doesn't accentuate the flavors. But this beer, um, it doesn't get lost, but it doesn't overpower. It's just, it's just I get like 25 different flavors all at one time. So I'm um, super drunk right now. Yeah, that's uh, that's evident. Um, <laughs> I will talk about the beer that I'm enjoying right now. So Milwaukee is enjoying its first 80-degree weather of the year. Um, and I am celebrating that with Founders Masagave Classica, uh, prickly pear, imperial ghost style ale, um, brewed with agave and sea salt, aged in tequila barrels. Wow. So, yeah, it's sour season, boys. Mm. How does it compare to the old sequence? Is it like a sequence barrel aged, or is it totally different? It's different uh, from the sequence. I would say. Sequench is almost more of a session sour um, that you can kind of sit back and you know, very quaffable, very, uh, you know, you can drink a couple of them. This one, this is more of a kind of a sip and savor type thing. Um, the tequila is definitely on the stronger side on the end of it. So um, I rated this, I think, a four on untapped. Maybe a 4.25. It's, it's pretty interesting. Interesting enough for me to give it a higher rating. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely unique. Um, I do like trying different ghost-style sours. Um, so this is a good one. It also, you know, 9.7% uh, alcohol mm. hits you like Draymond Green. Uh, oh. Right, right, in the, right in the face. Oh, we didn't touch him. <laughs> we went straight off. <laughs> his, his arms are like extended at like a no. forty-five degree angle in front of him. To him for the ball. Oh. <laughs> Listen, just... the the end of Lakers Warriors was crazy. Was oh yeah. Crazy finish. Um, we did get some. Be, you know, Academy Award Best Acting <laughs> as well. Beforehand. Yes. Um, yes. It's really too bad that the Oscars already happened uh, oh. a couple, couple weeks ago because this would be this would be right up there. Um, you know, Kevin Durant won an Oscar this year. Oh. Um, so I mean, why not LeBron James? <laughs> um. It's such a also that KD. Award is such a Mickey Mouse award, by the way. It's definitely a Mickey Mouse award. He's a direct. He, he was a producer. <laughs> he's a co-producer, and there's like 15 other producers on there, and it's like Mike Conley's on there too. It's just like, <laughs> what, what the fuck's going on? Uh, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a. I mean, if you watch, congratulations. Video, yeah, all credit. All. Obviously. I mean, no credit to him, but it's a whoever actually <laughs> actually produced it. It's a hell of, hell of a video, very powerful, really shows what's going on in America. Listen, Kevin, right Kevin Durant, creator of The Boardroom. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. KD, like, hires 100 people to do, like, to make him a cup of coffee, and then he, like, puts it on his LinkedIn as, like, a barista. That That's the kind of guy he is. He's a, he's a creative genius. Remember, he came up with the nickname The Servant for himself. Doesn't even make sense. <laughs> More like Bitch Boy. He could have had Durantula. He didn't like that. He could have had Slim Reaper. Probably would have been the best nickname of all time. That's, and yeah. I didn't know he turned that down. He turned down the Slim Reaper. He didn't like it. Preferred, it's got a negative pre- connotation. Preferred the serve. 
And the servant doesn't have a negative connotation. <laughs> I mean, like, come on. Is it a servant of, like, is he, like, trying to do, like, a religious thing? Or is it, like, a servant of the creator, of, of his deity? Or is it... He's, I mean, he's not Kyrie Irving. That seems so like more you, of a that seems like more of a Kyrie Irving nickname. Although they they they've gotten pretty close, they might have already been friends and like you know spitball nicknames over a couple couple beers or something one night and uh, came up with the servant. <laughs> maybe it's a little little BDSM. Maybe it's a little hmm. maybe it's a little something. He's maybe in, maybe he's know. into that. Maybe he's into that. No 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 king shaming here. I was just I just took another sip. I've had this beer sitting out for like two hours because I took a nap mm-hmm. and it, it's it's like a. I always it's like it's like a it's like a like a um I'm struggling. <laughs> You're having a hard time. <laughs> Sorry. Let's try to you know formulate it's sentences. It's like the you know that candy. It's like a, a the toffee candy. What's that? That uh, thing you get at Christmas or the at Halloween <laughs> that you you always throw out. Snickers. No. No. It's like the I'll look it up. Three Musketeers. Me. No toffee in that. You. I always I, I always throw out Three Musketeers. You're not talking about Butterfinger, are you? Because I will no. fucking fight you. Heath? Yes. It's like a Heath bar, and then, like, you, you take a shot of, of whiskey after it. That's, that sounds that's incredible. Yeah, that's what, that's where I'm at right now. I love Heath. I don't throw out the Heath bars. I used to, but now I'm not going to. Because mm, it'll remind you of the spear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. So um, let's recap the Lakers, the Lakers game. Yeah. Um, do you wanna do you wanna start us off? Sure. So I was I've been I've been working this week some late hours and um, but I was looking forward to this game for a while. So I had the game going on in the background and my I, you know I'm using the, like a illegal stream or whatever and so the, like the the audio and the visuals like lag is like a minute long. So I have to hear it by radio and I'm just like on the edge of my seat the whole time and it, it, I mean it's a hell of a game. Um, and from what I saw, it was just, just a battle around. And every time you thought the like, Lakers came on fire in the third quarter, Steph shot before the second half was crazy. And, and all of a sudden, like, the Lakers are pulling ahead, and all of a sudden you hear, like, oh, Steph made another three, Steph made another three. And Steph kept them in the game. Um, yeah. a couple, a couple Steph had an insane game. Insane game. A couple interesting calls by the refs. The illegal screen on Draymond looked questionable. Um I think it makes but, up for all the illegal screens Andrew Bogut set in those championship rooms. <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll, make, were, we'll make up call. Those were disgusting. Too little, too you know, late. I didn't think, you know, if, if you told me four years ago when Andrew Bogut moved like five feet to set a pick on Clint Capella, <laughs> that I'd be like defending the Warriors' illegal screens now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd slap myself. But anyway, um, the end. I'll, you know, before we get to the end of the game, I'll throw it back to you, but um, – from what I, it was just just a hell of a game, and LeBron's first half was was dismal. Yeah, and, I um, mean, and so was him, AD's. And, him and AD both had yeah. terrible first halves, and you know, credit to them, they brought it back in the second. But I mean, Curry no. basically doing it by himself out there. I mean, Wiggins had a decent game too, but like the talent around him just is it's not uh, the greatest. A couple Toscano threes though. <laughs> Curry had thirty seven points, seven boards, three assists. On uh, 12-23 shooting, 6-9 from 3, 7-8 from the line. Um, he also had six turnovers, but ended a plus four for the game. Uh, Wiggins, 21 points, 10-18 of 18 from the field, 
Um, one of five from three, so not the best. Uh, ended a plus one. Had that great block on LeBron early mm. in the game. That that had me jumping out of my seat a little bit. Well, oh, why is that? All defensive team, Andrew Wiggins. Uh, Whoa. I'm kidding. <laughs> that game, maybe. <laughs> but, over, uh, Divin- over DiVincenzo? Oh, give me a break. <laughs> Doesn't deserve to sniff defense, oh. this defensive second team this year. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, really entertaining game. Lived up to all the hype. That, uh, Absolutely. It was. I mean, this was the game of the play-ins, basically. Um, definitely what everybody was talking about, and rightfully so. It, uh, the stars came out to play. Draymond was having some like vintage Draymond defense on AD. Yeah. AD was. Can settling. you believe? By the way, defensive player of the year uh, finalists came out today. Oh, and, I missed it. Yeah, and. It was okay. Let me let me read the whole list. Rudy Gobert, Ben Simmons, Draymond Green made the ballot. It's kind of like the kind of a default thing. They didn't. They weren't creative at all. I mean, this, I, this I feel like I mean like Miles Turner's Miles Turner missed a lot of time, but he was like he was in the lead for a while. Like Led the league in blocks too. Yeah, he was having an incredible season. I mean, granted, he's been out for a while. I mean, but, you know, Bam Adebayo, you know, is up there, and I don't know. I, I feel like Draymond seems like kind of like a cop-out <laughs> finalist oh, a yeah. little bit. Like, the Warriors, you know, as a team, I mean, they're if, if, if you're going, which, you know, Defensive Player of the Year is often team success on defense, too, like... Warriors were not nearly good enough defensively to warrant that. Like, if you're going to do that, you give it to Giannis or something. Like, the Bucks <laughs> have had a, you know, mediocre defense, but Giannis has been insane still, you know? Like, I don't know. It just seems very, very strange. Kind of like a name recognition thing more than anything. But... I agree. And then the most improved came out, and Christian Wood wasn't on there. <laughs> but, um, Wait, what, what is the most improved? I, I, let me see. It's Julius Randle. Um, I know that. Um, Jer- Jeremy Grant, mm-hmm. and I'm missing the third one. Let's see. Right, I can look it up real quick. But and then Christian Wood commented on on the post and was like, "Don't worry, guys. I'll be better next year. This year wasn't good enough for you guys." <laughs> I understand. Like, he, literally, <laughs> he literally commented something like that on the Instagram post. Okay. Yeah. Julius Randle, Michael Porter Jr., and Michael Jeremy Porter. Grant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I would have put. I would have put um, Wood over Jeremy Grant, I think. If if Wood played like I mean Wood was hurt for a while and then that like, could he be didn't part play of it. A, he didn't play a lot at the end of the year. If he played like he did, if like he played more consistently like he was at the beginning of the year before we traded away our whole team when he was averaging like twenty five and ten every game. Mm-hmm. But I mean Jeremy Grant had a good season too. Yeah, he did. But he and was I, he was also given the ball a lot more, so that was kinda part of the like Julius Randle I think yeah, he genuinely I improved. I think uh, it should be Julius Randle's award. Michael Porter Jr. is pretty young still, so it's like, I mean, those type of guys for most improved are kind of, some people disagree on whether you should include, like, second, third-year players in the most improved ballot just because They're those type improved. of players are going to improve, you know, just yeah. by not being rookies anymore. But, yeah. Um, Unless your name's, like, Malcolm Brogdon or something like that, then you 
don't get better after your, your rookie of the year. But yeah, <laughs> that's a. I'm just kidding. It's a good thing Mark's not on the podcast yet. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just, I'm just kidding. The shot. Let's let's wrap up Lakers. As well. oh, the yeah. shot that LeBron hit was pretty it's insane. Just, ben, it's just stupid because this is such like I don't know. It's like. I, I was texting you because this is when the stream finally caught up, and I'm just I'm just a LeBron hater. I'm just gonna say it. So, you know, any any other player would be like, oh, that's, this is the hell. That's shocking to me. Really? Yeah. I just think he's a bitch. So, mm. and he doesn't give a <laughs> shit. I mean, he's he's a hell of a player. So, okay. my opinion doesn't matter. But anyway, he passes he passes to KCP once. KCP almost fumbles the ball because he's like, why the fuck are you passing? You got Curry on you. And then like ball swings around a little bit. Then it's back in LeBron's hands with like seven seconds left. KCP's like cutting into the basket, and then you feed KCP underneath the paint. He, he passed it to KCP with five seconds left on the shot clock, and you got Draymond Green. You got another guy. He's double team. I don't give a shit. Like, oh, that's the better play to pass it. No, it's not. You got Steph Curry on you. Drive, drive, or do like a fadeaway from 18 feet out. You're strong enough. Why would KCP in the paint be a better shot than whatever LeBron could create himself? Definitely then, a questionable decision. Definitely questionable. And then KCP like. It's like, you know what, I, I, I don't deserve this ball because I don't want to be J.R. Smith 2.0. I'm going to give it to LeBron, force him to make a play. But then LeBron, I've never seen someone milk an injury a, as much as he did. Like, he, it was just, it's just it's just so stupid. It's just like, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised, like, I don't know. As far as I didn't complain about cramps, and like the, the temp- temperature wasn't right, that there wasn't enough uh, ice 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 in, in, in his fucking Gatorade or it's just like there's like so a, many memes going around of LeBron's face after the uh, after the the, the eye poke scandal. He was, he was grabbing he was grabbing his head and then he's like, oh no, it's my eye. And then like, oh no, it's my other eye. It's just like poke gate, poke gate. I mean, like Lo- Draymond obviously extended and it's a foul. But like, if you look at like his hands are over, he doesn't get poked and he's getting eye drops. Who gets who the fuck gets eye drops? How do you have so eye you drops see, on the bench? So you see in three baskets. Unbelievable. Just builds the legend. Just builds the legend. He hits that final shot. You know, it's, Jordan had the flu game. LeBron had oh my the, poke, God. the poke game. Oh, my God. It's just, the, uh, the just building, building his goat <laughs> resume. I, I mean, I saw a tweet, and it said that um, Kobe and Jordan would do anything in, in their power to make you not think that they're injured. Like, they're playing through everything. Kobe's playing through leader. He's playing through like a bone on bone his knee he, he, against the Hornets. He got swept by by Chris Paul, but he was, he was playing through it. He was playing with a fractured hand in both in, in, a, in the finals against the Celtics. This guy was an absolute gamer, and he didn't tell you about it until after the fact when the trainer would say it or something like that. LeBron, like like when he slammed his hand against, like he's wearing a cast in the post game against the Warriors a couple years ago. Like this <laughs> this, this fucking guy, he's so good, but he, he like he just flops on everything. It's just like I just hate the way he plays the game of basketball. Okay, but hear hear me out. Hear me out. If Jordan okay. and Kobe were brought up in the, today's basketball culture, we're selling fouls and you know whining for contacts and stuff. If that were you know, cause it, it's a different no. game. It's a different no. game than when Jordan played. It's a different game from when Kobe played. I agree, but you still had players like Karl Malone. Who flopped? Hakeem Hakeem told Carmelo to get the fuck up off the floor, stop flopping. You had also, Kobe flopped flopping. plenty. No, let's not. Let's not lie. No, type in Kobe flops on on YouTube, and you'll see only one highlight. I've I've done it, and there's it's not even like a real flop. Kobe Kobe would not flop, and you had floppers in his era too. Paul Pierce was was a flopper. I mean, you got Sean Marion floppers. 
I mean, you had you had floppers in the in the two thousands. LeBron played in two thousand. LeBron came in the league in two thousand three. Okay, didn't start flopping until he got to Miami. Pussy ass Wade shooting eighteen free throws a game against the Mavericks. I mean, who who averages eighteen free throws in a finals game? That's bullshit. I mean, it's the twenties. 1920s had the flappers. 2020s had the flappers. I, I I am off the rails right now. I'm you, sorry. You really are. You're, uh, the, the old fashioned is kicking your ass, huh? I I'm an old fashioned kind of guy. Is it a Milwaukee old fashioned or is it a regular old fashioned? Do you get the brandy notes? Do you get the the Milwaukee brandy? No. Trademark. It's, it's, it's rye whiskey, so mm. it's not brandy. Oh, it's rye rye whiskey. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I, I guess um, if you made it this far in the podcast, you should probably put Mark in front of this. But um, um, I just put our br- best product out first, huh? Exactly. This yeah. this is you know whatever the post game. But look, you have I mean it's not just LeBron. You have Trey Young. You have Luca. I mean these are just you just have guys who it's almost like they don't respect the game and a Harden obviously. It's just it's just frustrating to watch. But you see less of it in the playoffs because the refs swallow their whistle a lot, and that's why I love watching playoff basketball. I love the product of playoff basketball. I also think it's stupid that they only do that in the playoffs because, like, what do you, what's the regular season for then? Like, they should they should call it that way the whole regular season if that's what you're going to do in the playoffs because you're changing the dynamic of the game. Like, a lot of these teams, you know, they prepare in the regular season and then it's a completely different game in the postseason just because of when the officials choose to swallow their whistles. It's like, I mean, I don't know. Just I seems totally like agree. just seems like a really dumb way to, you know, for the league to have its product, you know, for most of the season. I kind of I agree with you, but I kind of like it how it's like oh it's playoff basketball now. But I mean, also the, inten- like, the intensity is going to go up regardless. But it's like that there's a difference between the intensity going up and the way you officiate the game completely changing. Like, like if you're going to swallow your whistle in the postseason, do it in the regular season too. Don't have like these guys getting, you know, 12 to 15 free throws a game if you're not going to give them even eight in the postseason. Like, that's what hurt Harden a lot. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, exactly. That's part of Harden's issue in the postseason. Like, he can't, you know, I mean, his game more than most is, you know, dependent on drawing fouls and stuff. But, you know, he's really good at it. Um. But, like, then he's forced to, like, go to his second and third options more than he's accustomed to. And, like, Giannis, you know, he, he's accustomed to getting a lot of free throws. But, you know, when he's getting three defenders on him, hacked in the paint and not getting calls, call like, you can't do anything. Like They didn't call it anything against the Heat last year. Like, yeah, the Heat, the Heat got away with a lot of stuff. And, granted, they, like, played him really well and all that. But, like, you know – Players get away with, you know, that stuff on Giannis in the postseason all the time. Horford got away with it when he was on the Celtics consistently. You know, Marcus Smart with the Celtics as well. And, like, you know, the Heat, they're triple teaming him with, you know, Butler, Crowder, Bam. Like, and those guys, there's no way you have three guys on him and he's going to the basket and you're not, you're getting it clean every time. Like, he's getting his arms hacked. He's got scratches all over. And, you know, Obviously, he has to adapt, and he has to kick it out to teammates and stuff and, you know, all that. But when you're calling it a certain way for 82 games and then you decide in the last 16 that it's going to be a completely different thing and, you know, you give teams no time to adjust, it's 
really shitty way to market your product for the first part of the season if that's like not going to be how it's going to be. That's that's just that's my little rant. But I we agree. should we should we should go forward here and uh, real quick, real quick. I totally agree. We should move on. It's just um, that's what I appreciate about Giannis is that he doesn't he doesn't bitch about. It. I mean, he's he's a gamer, he's a fighter, and he I mean he he doesn't complain about those calls. It's like, hey, I got to be better, and mm-hmm. I appreciate that's that. True. All right. I'm ready. To, I'm ready to move on. <laughs> okay. So real quick, um, before we get to the meat of the episode, our playoff preview, um, Tom Thibodeau was asked by reporters who the best team in New York was. <laughs> First of all, what kind of fucking question is that? <laughs> You're really gonna ask Tom Thibodeau and you know the fourth seed New York Knicks. You know, if they're better than the Brooklyn Nets, arguably one of the most stacked super teams of all time, you're going to ask him if his team is better than them. <laughs> when they've got home court advantage in the playoffs, but clearly they're the, they're the, there's a huge gap between one, two, and three in the rest. What did he say? He said, he, you could tell that the wheels were working in his mind a bit, and he was, uh, you know, He's, he's thinking hard. He's like, you know, I got I, I to go with my guys. You know, we're, we're just we, we work too hard. And uh, what's he supposed to say? Is he supposed, he supposed to, to is say, he supposed yeah. to say that the you know the Nets fucking sweep them in a series? Like, is that what he's supposed to do? Is, is that what he's supposed or, to go? Or, or the say? Mets? Or the or the Rangers? Or the Giants? The Jets? Like, what are you yeah, supposed okay. to? <laughs> You're talking about NBA, but like yeah, but like what are you supposed to say? <laughs> oh, Tom Tom Thibodeau doesn't like his chances in the playoffs. Why play a game? <laughs> it's like their best player is Julius Randle. Like, come on! You, you, you said got, like that's a you said that's a bad thing. Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and James Harden. Like, give me a break, dude. You say you say Julius Randle like it's a bad thing. I, I say Julius Randle because he's the fourth best player of those those four. Oh. Oh, you don't know. Okay, I want to hear your argument for how he's better right. than one of them. One of those guys is a, is a second team All NBA guy. That's mm-hmm. all I'm going Okay. Um. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Obviously, like it's, it's, it's a so yeah, that was some clickbait for yeah. whoever's site us or worked for and us. us. Yeah. <laughs> of course, I mean, don't we'll pick it. We'll pick it up. Hate the player. Hate the game. Yeah. Um, Let's go into our playoff preview. Um, the playing games are almost over. We just had um, Pacers-Wizards, um, where the Wizards kind of blew the Pacers out. Um, we got Warriors-Grizzlies tomorrow night. And then after Warriors-Grizzlies, we'll have a fully solidified 16-team bracket. I can't wait. What? Are some of your your boldest prediction or some of your boldest predictions for the playoffs this year? Besides Suns and Five? Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> um No. Um I think the first the first round it's always tough to I think one year I was when I was picking with my high school buddies, I picked the Celtics to beat the Cavs and that's when they had IT as their mm-hmm. best player. So and they got swept. So it's just it's just kind of tough to pick an upset in the first round because if you're wrong, you just look like a dumbass. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think Nuggets well, I mean, it depends on the upset. I mean, four, five, three, six. I mean, then it was, it's not really like a like I was about to say Nuggets Blazers. I think that's going to be a great series to watch. Mm-hmm. Clippers Mavs, a little bit of a um, a little bit of a rematch. I'm not going to go. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll go into each one specifically, but I think if I want to pick one upset, maybe a little maybe a little Wizards Sixers. <laughs> maybe, oh my god! Maybe, maybe a little Brody. No way, dude. Are you I'm kidding? thinking about it. I'm not there yet. We haven't talked. I'm not there yet. I'll, I'll decide. No, this is now. your bold prediction. This is, uh, this is your stamp on the playoffs. This is, you know, this is what we're going to hold you to when it's all said and done. So you, you're, you're all your chips on the table. It's, it's Westbrook versus the field or versus, versus the big sixes, huh? Defensive player of the year candidate, uh, Ben Simmons, MVP candidate. Who's guarding Bradley Beal? Seth Curry? <laughs> Danny Green? No. Well, why not? Danny Green's a chair. Also, <laughs> also, the chair out. Who, also, who fucking cares who's guarding Bradley Beal or Russell Westbrook? You got Joel Embiid on the court, oh. just destroying the Wizards at every turn. Yeah. They don't it's have a single be- guy who can guard him consistently. Like, who are you going to put on him? Robin Lopez? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Matt, he's the just a savvy vet. Oh my God, Alex Len. No, I will say it's a very <laughs> tough matchup because um, Westbrook feeds on the inside. I mean, the Pacers didn't have anybody. You just put you put Ben Simmons on Westbrook, like don't have to guard him on the perimeter at all, and just you know snag no, I mean, off him. Yeah, I mean it's a tough matchup for Westbrook because he thrives on bad big men, and this is a good big man. So he makes all of his money inside. He's gonna have to make jump shots, and then you got Bradley Beal who. Like, I mean, I guess you could put Simmons on Beal, maybe, and then put Green on Westbrook. Oh. 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 Why not? You have Joel Embiid patrolling the paint. Like, you don't have to worry about the dump-offs with, you know, with him. He's got the recovery speed to make that contest. Westbrook's just going to be rocking that baby in those 10-foot turnarounds. Absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. I mean, it's t- I, I mean, if there's any of these upsets that I could put money on, I'd probably do that. Maybe Warriors Jazz, maybe Suns. I mean, it would, it would have the most fruitful odds if you bet <laughs> the fucking Wizards against the top seed Sixers. All right, hey, all right, all right, Mister Mister Genie in a bottle. Who's who's your upset? Warriors Jazz, maybe. Well, I got okay. So my bold prediction of the postseason. Okay. Dallas Mavericks, Western Conference Finals. Oh my God. They gotta play the they gotta play the Clippers, all right. Okay. If they beat the Clippers, they gotta play the Jazz. That's a W. So, I mean, as long I think the Clippers is their toughest matchup of those two, you know, by far. Yeah. Yeah. And then you meet, in all likelihood, the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals, and you know that could be a tough matchup, but I think the Lakers would would win that. So, Western Conference Finals. Dallas Mavericks, book it. But they lose in five if they do make it. Five or six <laughs> to the Lakers. I might keep them uh, six. All right, do you want to do uh, game by uh, series by series now? Yeah, let's do uh, – let's – yeah. So the first series, Sixers versus the Wizards. We got that locked down now because the Pacers just got their asses handed to them. Uh, yeah. By no fault of their own, very no. uh, 
I mean, very banged up, didn't have half of their good players available, but also just terrible scheme. And they're going over screens with Russell, Russell Westbrook. Like, come on, man. Gonna beat you, gonna beat you to the rack every time. They have no, they had no rim protection without Miles Turner. It's just it's very sad state of affairs. But you know, we'll talk about that a little bit more once Mark gets on in a yeah. little bit. But first round, Sixers Wizards. Zach, pick a team, pick a number. You've this is you've you've made your bed. Now lay in it. What, what, right, Wizards in what? Are we writing this down and then we're going to revisit it like we did with the over-under? Yes, sure. Let's, yeah. Let's All right, do that. let's do this. Let's go, snappy. Make it snappy. I want your, I want your gut. I want your gut instinct. We're doing here. gut? I'm going to say Wizards in seven. <laughs> All right. Out the back, out, out, out the blocks quick. I'm going. Hey, uh, the, the rivalry between these two guys is is, is historic. With what they've done to each other, Westbrook saying goodbye to Embiid, saying telling Embiid to go home when <laughs> Embiid was the home team. I mean, that's just stuff of legends. You know, who has the balls to do that? I think um, it's a tough matchup for Westbrook because he feeds on the inside, and they've uh, got you know the Sixers are a tall team, so. Um, I mean, it, it very easily could be Sixers and five, but I think if I do, I, I'm, I, I want to pick one upset, and I think this will be my, my one upset. Um, yeah, this will be my sweep. Uh, Sixers and four. Oh. <laughs> um, Not a chance. There's there's no chance the Wizards get a game off the off the Sixers. I think Hachimura and Tobias Harris they wash out. They think, wash out. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I, think so. I think so. Oh yeah. Is, well, how do you think the Sixers got to the first seed? Can you explain to me if you don't think that any of their players are good? A super easy schedule. <laughs> super easy schedule. <laughs> no, the, the the Sixers are a very good team, and um, Seth I mean, Curry's uh, having one of the best, most efficient oh, seasons yeah. in his career. The Mavericks miss him. I think the Mavericks with Seth Curry would be easily a top three seed in the West. Um, so the Sixers are a hell of a team, and. Um, I hope we get a Sixers Bucks matchup at some point in, in the in the series uh, or in the playoffs. But um, you asked me to pick. Hey, you asked me to put my. There you balls. All right, all right. Yeah, no hate. I mean, you asked I, me to hammer my balls to the wall, and then now you're now right. you're getting me, oh, getting hey. me bandages. I don't want bandages. I let want me tell you. Let me tell you why I want why I'm saying Sixers sweep, okay. Sixers and four. Okay. The Sixers. It's all about creating mismatches in the playoffs, right? The Sixers have. An unanswerable mismatch in Embiid. Len yeah. can't guard him. Lopez is not going to be able to guard him on you know any meaningful level. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then like you know you have Simmons, you have Harris, you have you have Curry. You have these guys like the Wizards are not a great you know not a great defensive team. To begin with, like they they've gotten a little bit better as the season's gone on, but they're not a great defensive team. Like you're not going to be able to who who's going to guard Ben Simmons? Who's going to guard Embiid? Who's going to guard you know Tobias Harris consistently? Like the Wizards don't have the personnel to you know make it tough on those guys. And then on top of that, the Sixers are a matchup for the Wizards that it's a nightmare for Westbrook, like we talked about. Like, Westbrook thrives on teams that don't have a great interior presence. He's trying to get inside every single time. And you got a team with Embiid and Dwight Howard. 
And then, you know, on top of that, you have a perimeter defender in Simmons and in Tybal, and you have, you know, Danny Green, who's a solid defender. Like, you have these guys you can put on Beal or Westbrook at any time to kind of muffle their impact. Like, the Sixers are just a vastly superior team, and no question, they're just they're just gonna kill them on the boards and just defending the paint every single game. All great points. Um, I'll just before we move on, I think Tybal is, is is hurt, but he's like he's gonna come back soon. Yeah, I um, think he's I think he's ready for the playoffs. Okay. I, c- I could be wrong, but I think he's ready for the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and I no, I agree with you. I think that I mean. The Sixers have more mismatches, but I think that the Wizards do have a mismatch in, in Beal on on anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that – I think Lopez can at least get in front of him a few times, hold and beat like 35. Um, <laughs> and I, I, and I, think, I think Westbrook will be able to at least stay in front of Simmons. Because, you know, he doesn't have to, you know, pay attention to Simmons' outside shot, obviously. So I think that – I think Westbrook on Simmons isn't the biggest mismatch in the world, um, and well, Simmons is so passive too that it, it's yeah. going to be more about it's going to be more about Simmons, like if he can get inside a little bit and then dish out. You know, is he going to be creating a mismatch there? And I think he I can, can on Russ. I can see the first game of the Sixers winning by fifty. I can see that. But then I can also, I, but I, I just see that it's going to be a, a dog it out series. <laughs> I, I just, I, I just think so. I guess we'll see. Let's I, move we on. Said, we, I said that at the beginning of the year. I said that you don't want, you don't bet against Russell Westbrook to make these playoffs, and he did. And Westbrook in the playoffs is a dangerous sight for for, for, for any for team, his, for, for his, his teammates. For his own team, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So. Uh, he, he, he pushes so hard, and that's what happened against the Lakers. Is you have a big, like a big interior presence, and he's just trying to force the issue over and over again. So maybe he watches some game film. Maybe he learns, you know, how to slice it up a little bit, be a little bit more un- unpredictable, going into the paint. I don't know. Switch up the tempo a little bit. I, 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 uh, uh. And the Wizards were hitting those threes at the end of the game Woo! against the Pacers. Yeah, right, against the, the lack of a Pacers defense. <laughs> it's going to be a rude awakening when uh, the Wizards have to go against the Sixers defense. Probably so. Um, let's so wait, move wait, you're, you're saying sweep. Okay. I'm, I'm you're saying, saying sweep. I'm, I'm saying, saying sweep. You're saying Wizards in seven. Yes. Right. Um, okay, next matchup, we got the Jazz versus whoever wins out of the Warriors and Grizzlies. I'm going to say the Warriors are going to beat the Grizzlies uh, tomorrow night. Me too. Me too. Um, so, assuming Jazz Warriors or Jazz Grizzlies, you know, I'm going to go Warriors. What is your series prediction? Jazz and six, whoever they play. Whoever they play? Jazz and six? Yeah. Okay. Yep. I would say if it's the Grizzlies, I'm going to go Jazz in – Five. Okay. If it's the Warriors, Jazz and six. You should have to pick a team between the Warriors and Grizzlies, and if you pick the wrong one, then I just automatically win because I pick both. Mm. Okay, fine. Uh, Jazz and six versus the Warriors. I'm just joking. Okay, you so wait, I thought you okay. You're picking the Jazz to beat both of them too. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I am. I think the Jazz the Jazz are going to figure it out. 
Jazz, um, I mean, figure it out. I mean, they're uh, the, the two seed, right? You're saying Jazz and six as well. So they're, they're the one seed. Right? You're saying Jazz and six. Jazz and six against either one. Okay. Um, Jazz are the one seed this year. They're just uh, just a hell of a deep team. They're almost like the Sixers of the West. They're just um really deep team, um, plays plays tough defense. And mm-hmm. um, and they got the one-on-one guy, like Mitchell. The one, Mitchell's the one-on-one guy. Yeah, the Warriors have a one-on-one guy, but they don't have anybody else besides the one-on-one guy. If we get if we get last year's bubble Mitchell in the playoffs, I mean, all bets are off. All bets are off. But they don't even they don't even need that to beat the Warriors. They just can play a team game and and they'll be win oh, comfortably. Oh yeah, I'm not really I'm not necessarily saying against the Warriors per se, but yeah, against more against their other matchups that they would face them. Um, yeah, oh, do you see any any possibility like if if Mitchell reverts back three years of talent or like Gobert like. How would the Jazz lose this series? I think it would take a lot for the Jazz to lose this series. Just, I mean, we've seen Curry just annihilate Gobert on many occasions. Um, and Gobert, game not the most equipped for switching in the playoffs. Um, but the Warriors don't have as much talent as they have in prior years, and so the need to switch isn't quite as much, you know, there for them. Yeah. Um, I think Curry will still have a hell of a series regardless. He's going to put up numbers. Um, he has to, yeah. He has to, yeah. But, I mean, the Jazz, um, you know, Mitchell couldn't guard him. So if he ever gets Mitchell on him, he's gonna, it's barbecue chicken every time. Anybody. I mean, I mean comedy. Anybody, even, yeah. They got, the, the Jazz have nobody to guard Curry. Yeah. Um, I mean, Wiggins... I mean, I, I I don't know how much I trust Andrew Wiggins in a playoff series. <laughs> so, like, I'm way more confident in a lot of the Jazz personnel than I am the Warriors supporting cast around Curry and Draymond. So, I agree. with that in mind, Jazz and six. I don't, I don't think there's a yeah. ton more to say. I mean, yep. they don't even really have the stretch capabilities at – for their bigs to, like, make it tougher on Gobert, you know, which is something that he's struggled with in the past, getting out on the perimeter of some of those more athletic fours and fives. So, like, if it were Jokic or Porzingis against Gobert, it's a little bit tougher for him. But, you know, Warriors don't really have a guy like that to make him pay. So, um, yeah. Do you ready to move on to the next series? Let's go Nets-Celtics. So the Nets, the the two seed in the East against the Celtics, who just won their uh, initial play-in game to lock up the seventh seed uh, over the Wizards. They won quite handily by, like, 20. Um, Where do you see this series shaping up? I don't think the Nets are going to lose a game. Yeah, I I, I agree. They're going to go 16-0. This is another sweep for me. I'm going... Nets in four as well. Even um, if the Celtics had Jalen Brown and Anthony Davis. <laughs> and Anthony Davis? <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on. And Hakeem Olajuwon. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And Michael and Tim, Jordan. And, and Tim Duncan. <laughs> and Michael Jordan. And Kobe. <laughs> and Michael Jordan and Mark, Mark Price. Yeah. Um, that locker room can't exist under. Uh, <laughs> I Like the, the Nets are healthy. I mean, what is there to say? I mean, what analysis allegedly, is there to do? Allegedly. Allegedly. 
I mean, even if they aren't healthy, just having two of the three will beat the Celtics team. Tatum yeah. can't have a 50-point game more than twice in a seven-game series, I don't think. Yeah, pro- no, he won't. Um, I mean, it, all bets are off against the Nets' defense, but, like, and especially if Tatum's, like, the number one, literally the only option they have outside of Kemba, like, to score right. the ball now without without Brown, it will be tough for the Celtics, to say the least. Um, I just don't see them generating enough offense to keep up with uh, the Nets, and they don't have the defense to, you know, even one-on-one matchups to, like, make them pay. So I really don't see them knocking off even a game. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Nothing more to say there. <laughs> We're in agreement. Let's go to Suns-Lakers, um, a highly debated series among uh, you know NBA analysts. This will be interesting. Um, what do you have for the two seed and the seven seed in the West? I just think with the Lakers healthy and their perimeter defense, when Caruso's playing hounding guys and – um, Schroeder will probably play better defense. I mean, Schroeder had a great regular season defense, and he kind of fell off a little bit last night for some reason. But um, their perimeter defense is insane. But then once you get past the front, or if you get past the perimeter, you have AD. I mean, and AD locked in is still a hell of a player. I mean, he, he's been kind of like he's – probably, he's probably still hurt, honestly. But it's just the Lakers' defense is just so good. But then their offense is also so good too. They're just such a tough team because they got a lot of three point shooters, and LeBron's only going to get healthier as the playoffs go on. Yep. Uh, AD's going to get healthier hopefully for them. Um, I just, as much as I like, want to pick the Suns to win because they had a hell of a season. They're really, they, they're almost, they play like the Jazz. They're just a very play really good basketball, move the ball well, and they also got that one on one guy and Devin Booker, Chris Paul can get a little one on one going. Um, I just, I, I mean, I don't, I mean, I, I'd say Lakers and. I want to say like I want to say Suns, but obviously, how could you bet against the Lakers? I think the Lakers will make the finals. So, Lakers in five. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll go Lakers in six. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we're pretty much in agreement. Like the, the Suns' biggest issue is getting to the paint and drawing fouls. Like DeAndre Ayton is he's improved. A lot as a player he's you know he had a good season but he's still not the type of big that's going to get you know eight nine free throws a game even like he is more of a finesse guy he you know he prefers to to fade away jump shoot you know that's that sort of thing in the post rather than you know create contact for himself get to the line and that's important in the playoffs um you got two guys in chris paul and Devin Booker, who are both more finesse perimeter players, they're not the type of guys who are slashers to get inside. You, I think the biggest thing the Suns are missing are like that is that like slasher wing type player. Like if they had somebody like that, I would be much more comfortable picking them in a series against anybody. But kind of like um, a Justice Winslow type. They seem to me like no, not like a Justice Winslow type. Um, they seem to me like the type of team that. 
almost like the Jazz, where they're going to have great regular season success, but they're going to struggle in the playoffs a little bit because they lack that type of creator that I mentioned, that guy who's going to get in the paint, get free throws, that slasher type player. Um, you know, the Jazz, sl- like similarly constructed with two perimeter scores uh, at point guard and shooting guard, and then having that you know, big man in the middle. Obviously, Gobert is much more dominant on defense, um, but he's also not the offensive hub that um, Aiton is. Um, but neither of them draw a lot of free throws either. So I think the Suns are going to struggle in that area where they're going to have to be making tough shots. Um, they're not going to be getting to the line a lot. So you have to rely on Chris Paul and Devin Booker consistently being efficient, um, and that's matched up against a Lakers team that's, you know, one of the best defenses in the league and, you know, really good on the perimeter um, with their defenders, like you mentioned, Alex Alex Caruso. Um, So that's why I'm picking Lakers in six. I just think that they match up really poorly against this team. Um, I could see them definitely winning against some of these other West teams. Um, but this is just a really poor matchup for them. Yeah. And I was just last kind of thing on this is I was just kind of thinking, I mean, obviously as you guys loyal listeners know, I don't watch a whole lot of regular season games, but I just, from what I've kind of watched is that the Suns play with a pretty slow pace. and mm-hmm. Very slow. Uh, and that's part, partially Chris Paul, every team that Chris Paul plays for super slow pace. Yeah. And the Suns, so the Suns are 24th in pace. The Lakers, interestingly, are 21st in pace, but they've been playing without a full squad, and we know what we saw what the Lakers can do. The Lakers can get out in transition. They can they can play a, a slow half court, grind it out with AD back to the basket, but they can also go really quickly. So I think the Lakers increase a lot if they played AD at the five instead of uh, Drummond. Yeah, that too, and um, I think that the Lakers can get out to a quick lead. Then the the Jazz and the Suns don't really and like Booker isn't going to play like Bubble Booker, Bubble Booker probably as with Chris Paul handling the ball a lot. So I just don't see how the Suns could like catch up easily, especially if they don't have a lot of firepower outside of outside of Booker. So, if they're behind in a game, it's going to be really tough for them to get back. I think like they're going to have totally to consistently agree. make outside shots uh, to get back into a game. Like they're not going and, to be able to dominate the free throw line, like I mentioned, and you know. And how are you going to make outside shots when you got AD, who's a decent perimeter defender, and then you got if they switch, and then if they don't switch, then you have arguably some of the best role player defenders in the league, mm-hmm. and Caruso, KCP, mm-hmm. um, and Schroeder usually. So it's just I don't I, I I mean I don't know how they get I mean they may get two games, but yeah, I, don't know. I mean they might not even get one. It's definitely. I mean, I could definitely see Lakers sweeping or Lakers in five yeah. or something like that. Um, we should do. I just, like, I just think Chris Paul. Off. I think Chris Paul's a gamer, and Chris Paul. He is. He, you know, that Thunder team last year, like he just he pulled out some shit like out of his ass that like never thought that you know they would be in some of those games, and he, you know, super clutch as a player. So like, I, I think, think the Rockets. He could pull one or two teams. out. He he could pull one or two out. Um, but let's move on to our next series, Bucks Heat. Probably one of the most discussed, 
first round series um, by a lot of media, um, especially with it being a rematch of the second round series last year. Both teams are vastly different in a lot of ways, um, but oh, yeah. there's still those demons that need to be exercised from a Bucks perspective, and the Heat kind of have that psychological advantage uh, on them after how last year's series worked out. Um, but like I said, both are vastly different teams. So, Zach, what is your gut feeling on this series? I mean, my gut? My gut's going to be so wrong, but <laughs> my gut has gotten me in trouble a lot. But I, my gut's Bucks and Five. I mean, I, I, I would have probably said Bucks and Five last year, but um, I just don't see this. The way Heat have been playing pretty poorly this year. They're probably going to run into form at some point. They're going to lock it in. They're kind of one of those playoff teams that just play better in the playoffs. Um, one of those teams, not playoff teams, one of those teams that just play better in the playoffs. And I'm looking at the stats here. Milwaukee Bucks are second in pace behind only the Wizards. You have to scroll pretty far down to find the Heat, and the Heat are 29th in pace. And, um, yes, the game slows down in the playoffs, and it's focusing on one-on-one matchups, but I think the Bucks have better one-on-one matchups. And, and the, the the Heat only really have – I mean, it, Hero's been playing like shit. I mean, he, he's, he's averaging like 13 or 14, which he averaged last year, but he's, he's playing more minutes, so he's taking more shots and averaging the same numbers. So he should be averaging like probably 19 or 20 this year. But um, – the, uh, the Heat, I keep saying, I want to mix up every team apparently. Um, the Heat just only have that one guy who can, I mean, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Giannis, these are all guys who can win a one-on-one matchup. And Even um, even Brooke Lopez, you know, in the post. I, against, I don't know if he can, I don't know if he can beat Bam. Um, but. Um, Bam's going to be on Giannis a lot. Too. If you think about it. Put Haslam on Giannis, I agree, yeah. Um, maybe bring Jawan Howard and put him on Middleton. Oh yeah, just run like three power and maybe Joel Anthony on uh, Drew Holiday. Just uh, bring out the old the old studs. Yeah, uh, I'll throw I'll throw it to you, but um, I don't I don't see the the Heat just the Heat don't have the magic this year. But again, they didn't have the magic really during the regular season, but they kind of did with the hero shit. So I don't they think they exploded in the bubble. They did until. Later on, <laughs> yeah, I just don't, I just don't see how the Heat can pull it all together and, and be uh, a very mature, very hungry, very cerebral, and very, very tough Bucks team. Well, I'll tell you one way they can do it. Um, I'll tell you one thing. Eric Spolstra. Oh. Over Mike Budenholzer. <laughs> That's going to be the matchup to watch. Um, you know, Bud has changed a lot of stuff this year. Um, you said that last year. <laughs> from the last two years. No, I didn't. I never said Bud was going to adjust. He he changed some things about the offense, but, I mean, it's a vastly different defense this year than past years. I mean, and not necessarily for the better in the regular season, but with playoffs, he's experimented a lot more with switching. Um, obviously, I think they have – the talent for switching a lot more now that you have Drew Holiday uh, instead of Eric Bledsoe. Um, Holiday can pretty much guard positions one through four if he has to, um, whereas Bledsoe limited more to ones and twos, um, so a lot harder in certain matchups with switching. Um, you obviously have P. 
P.J. Tucker this year, um, which is a big difference maker in comparison, you know, to some of the options you had last year with Robin Lopez, Ursan Ilyasova, Marvin Williams, like, oh yeah, no contest really um, there when it comes to switching defenders. Um, Brooke Lopez uh, has kind of turned it on in the second half of the season, really struggled at the beginning. Um, from both an offense and defensive perspective, he's turned it on on both ends uh, as the season's worn on a little bit. Um, but even he has kind of, you know, and this isn't where you necessarily want him, but he's, you know, become more comfortable with switching this year um, in a pinch. So obviously that's not going to be your main game plan when he's out on the floor. You might want to be switching one through four more and have him hanging back still as that drop coverage guy. But now you have the option with P.J. Tucker. You have even Bobby Portis as a switch defender um, out there. You know, he's not the best defender, but he can switch better than, like, Brooke Lopez could. Um, the Heat, on the other hand, they lose some of the guys that gave the Bucks hell in the playoffs last year with no longer having Crowder, who hit, like, 22, 23 threes against them in a five-game series. Um, you don't have um, Kelly Olenek, who's been a Bucks killer for years now. Um, they just suck at defending stretch bigs, and uh, I think he don't have that with him anymore. Um, Adebayo in last year's Heat Series was hitting every mid-range jumper possible. Uh, oh, yeah, contested or uncontested. Right, can... and he hasn't been you know, nearly as consistent from there this year um, in the regular season at least. I mean, anything's possible in the playoffs. But I think the most important distinction is the Bucks have Drew Holiday now and they are going to be able to cover Jimmy Butler with him um, pretty much all the time that he's out there um, Wesley Matthews did a fantastic job doing that last year but Mike Budenholzer decided that he only wanted to play him like 20 minutes a game in favor of guys like Pat Connaughton Dante DiVincenzo um, <laughs> unbelievable which was one of the, probably the most one of the most egregious things that he did in that series of many. Um, or, or playing Giannis twenty five minutes a game. <laughs> yeah, he, he played the start like played the star players like thirty two minutes tops. Um, finally, in like the elimination game, he played Middleton close to forty minutes. And Middleton had a hell of a game. Yeah, and Middleton had like one of the best games he's had in the playoffs ever. Um, to keep them alive for an extra game. But, I mean, and Giannis, that game had 19 points in 12 minutes, and then he got hurt. Yeah. So, I mean, really unfortunate circumstances last year. Um, but, you know, again, having Drew Holiday and just not having Eric Bledsoe, I, I can't, stress, can't stress this enough, um, not having a guy who's going to shoot Teen percentages from three and 30% from the field and completely forget how to play defense on any level. Um, that's going to be big. <laughs> For anybody, not just, I mean, anybody who had a... It's probably uh, the single greatest upgrade you could have made on the roster. Um, besides anybody over Urson, which is Tucker. <laughs> Not, yeah, but I mean, but the importance of minutes, the number of minutes that you're going to play, like, yeah. So, I'm going. You said Bucks and five. Yeah. Right. 
I'm going Bucks in six for the culture. Oh, you're going to say Bucks in six every series now. Listen, Brandon Jennings, the prophecy will finally be fulfilled. You know, he said we're going to win in six. He was just a couple years early on it. You know, the, the Bucks got swept by the Heat that series in four with LeBron, Wade, and Bosh. Now they're going to win Bucks in six against uh, Jimmy Butler, who, you know, by the way, in a recent, I don't know if you saw that Instagram pic, he looks like he's been taking PEDs for the past yeah. couple of weeks. Like, literally his veins are just like, it's disgusting. It's, 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 gro- it's actually gross looking. Like, it's not even attractive. I was, I was turned on. But... Were you? Were you? No. Okay, he I mean, gl- he, was gl- he was glowing. To each their own, I, I guess. Listening. Um, so, do you have any final thoughts on Heat Bucks? No. No? What we should do is we should do how far we are away from the win. The win. So if you say, like, Bucks in six and they really win in four, then you have, like, minus two. Or you, you just have, like, the standard deviation, everything's a minus two. If I say, like, Heat Bucks in five, but they really win in seven, I have a minus two. And then yeah, 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 yeah. And if, like, you say know. Wizards in seven and uh, it's actually Sixers in four, then you get a minus five, right? Or, wait, minus, minus four. Four, yeah. Minus four, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or I should just get like a minus eleven. Yeah, you should. You just should like honestly. The whole just, way. It should be a uh, just elimination, complete, just tossed from the game. You're out of here. Yeah, it'd, it'd be it'd be minus eleven because I'm going seven that right. I'm going seven that way. Then it's four this way. This so is Sixers sweep. Uh, I think you should be banned from the podcast. <laughs> I guess we're gonna new host. You're bringing a new guest. You're finding my replacements. That's right. That's right. Um, what if it? What if it? What if it's like a Wizards Sixers and it's seven game seven, and then the Sixers win by like sixty, and it's just like wow, wow. Westbrook goes like oh for forty in the first quarter. Um, <laughs> uh, moving let's on. Move, let's move on right. to our so next Bucks series. and six. All right. Bucks and six for the culture. Next series we have Nuggets Blazers. Uh, this is another uh, widely discussed series. Um, the Nuggets, of course, no longer having Jamal Murray, but it hasn't mattered so far in the regular season. Michael Porter Jr. has stepped up a lot. Um, this is a really tough. This is probably yeah. the most difficult series for me to predict. Um, and with that, I'll let you go first so that I have mm. time to. Uh, Come to come to my final answer. I think in the playoffs, it comes down to, yeah, you can play forty minutes of team basketball, but at the when the game slows down, those final eight minutes, you have a one-on-one guy to get buckets, and you know you got Dame, you got CJ, and you got you got Melo. Um, <laughs> And Melo can Mello can get his if if he gets hot. The Nuggets they have they have Jokic and maybe Michael Porter. And Jokic will have to go on Yurk, uh, Nurkic and Jokic will win that battle. But Nurkic isn't easily just some yeah easily. But Nurkic will still give him hell over a seven game series. He'll be he'll be putting a, it's a big body on a big body. So isn't Nurkic still like kind of hurt too? Uh, I think he's good to go. Is he? I want to say he was like still on an injury report, but I mean it might obviously be more of a yeah. If it's, if it's a lot of Ennis Cantor, then then Jokic is obviously going to eat. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, it doesn't say Nurkic has anything, actually, according to the score. Um, he posted his four. I think I think the Blazers are per, a perfect playoff team to lose to the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Or lose. I mean, they're going to get they're gonna get out of this round. I'm going to say Blazers in six. I think it's going to be a great series to watch. I'm going to watch every game. But without – I mean, without – so what's interesting about Jamal Murray is, like, a lot of those games he was playing well, he takes – even when a player's playing well, he can still take away flow from the rest of the team, and they can all honestly play worse, even though one guy plays well. Kind of like when Mitchell goes off, the rest of the Jazz suffer. Mm-hmm. But Murray was able to turn it down down the stretch, so they were able to win those games. I just think that – I think that the Nuggets' lack of depth is going to rear its ugly head in the playoffs. I just I think that the 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 Blazers have a guy at least like at least four guys on the on their bench who who can who can give them good minutes especially with, and then Covington just a good perimeter defender probably put him on Michael Porter um, if me or Aaron Aaron Gordon so I think the Blazers I mean they're gonna they're not gonna get to the finals but I think they're gonna be a hell of a team in the playoffs this year so Blazers in six I'm going Nuggets in six. Oh, so we got uh, we got differing teams still in six games. I like um, it. I like it. So here's why: the Blazers wonder. are historically now their defense is the worst, one of the worst of all time. Uh, just fucking awful. Um, Jokic is having one of the greatest offensive seasons of all time. Likely going to win MVP. Um, obviously, not having Jamal Murray is going to hurt them. Um, and but you know, as far as l- like losing him from a defensive perspective, like you're not losing a lot. <laughs> like he wasn't going to be the one who is going to be holding either Lillard or McCollum in check. So. You have Michael Porter Jr., who can't guard a chair. Um, a park car. Yeah. You have Aaron Gordon, um, who you know likely won't be matched up on either Lillard or McCollum, but he's going to be able to play free safety a little bit on defense then, which, you know, not the worst thing in the world. Um, Jokic is just going to tear them up on all like, – on defense, though. Like, they're not going to have an answer for him. Um, and that's going to make everybody around him have an easier time. Um, you know, Michael Porter Jr. has just been on a roll. Um, obviously, Dame, it's hard to bet against Dame. In Who's, guarding Dame? Who's guarding Dame? Who's Nobody's going to guard Dame. But at the same time, Jokic is having a better offensive season than Dame is this year. And... He's also matched up against a far worse defense overall. So, I mean, even though – I mean, Will Barton is supposed to be back. Uh, that'll help the – I mean, not necessarily on defense, but just from a, like a perimeter creation standpoint. It'll help the, the Nuggets offense a bit. Um, I think if he's healthy, it's definitely going to be a difference maker in the series. Um, but, I mean – I just think that the talent overall is in the Nuggets' favor. 
And even though Dame is a gamer, I mean, Jokic is a gamer too. Like, we've seen him go quadruple overtime and, like, you know, he's playing every minute basically. Yeah. He, he turns it on in the playoffs too. Jokic so, is a beast. I think that the Nuggets have shown they're the better team in the regular season. And then even while losing, you know, their second best player, arguably, um, they still turned it on. Michael Porter Jr. stepped up. They trade for Aaron Gordon. They seem like they're really um, in a good spot right now. So I'm going Nuggets in six. I just I just don't see how Dame can lose the Facundo Campazzo matchup. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah, I mean, he's going to eat. Jokic is going to eat. It's going to be two high-powered offenses going at each other. There's less resistance defensively on the on the Blazers' end, though. So, yeah, I'm looking at Blazers have the 29th net rating, so that's our uh, uh, defensive rating. So that, that fucking sucks. Obviously, mm-hmm. I mean when you're when you're with the Kings in, in any defensive stat, then you gotta question. Uh, but yeah, yeah I mean, and and it, and because it's such a incredible offensive season, it's like one of the worst defensive ratings of all time. So. I, I can see pair that, that with an MVP candidate who's having an incredibly efficient offensive season, and then add the fact that he's going to be his usage is going to be up because it's going to be the playoffs, and he's going to be you know just tearing apart this abysmal defense. Just you know he's going to be abusing the Blazers for not you know playing off ball defense, and there's going to be cutters that are just going to be finding a lane to the hoop. Over and over and over again, he's going to be able to pull Nurkic out of the paint consistently up to the elbow or up to the perimeter. You know, it's going to be a bloodbath on that end. I think for the first couple games, um, but if Dame, if Jokic could have a good game and Dame could have a good game and the Blazers win, then um, I think I'll be big for the Blazers because Jokic is going to Jokic is going to be having to work I think harder than Dame will this this series. I could be wrong, but. I don't know about that. I mean, I think, I, I think they're both going to be – I mean, obviously, as their team's focal points, they're going to be working hard. But yeah. Jokic is going to be facing little to no resistance. I just I think I can see some, like, Covington double teams. I can, I can see – I mean, Covington, he has clearly not made an impact <laughs> on the Blazers' defense this year. No, yeah, I agree. Like he's historically his name brand recognition is much higher than what he's delivered on this year, and you know part of that might be Terry Stotts' fault. You know, just not being a great defensive-minded coach, more of an offensive-minded guy. I mean, I'm not saying Terry Stotts is a bad coach, um, but you know he's his name has been floated out there as a guy who's kind of on the hot seat at this point. With you know maybe he can only take this team so far. Um, yeah. I think it's gonna be. I think bottom line, we both think it's gonna be a really good matchup. I just it's tough to pick. I mean, I could see it going either way too, but I just see the Trailblazers having more talent. Yeah, that, with, especially with Norman the Norman Powell trade, and we still have Anthony Simmons. You have Carmelo Anthony, Ennis Cantor. Ennis Cantor can give you fifteen, like two or three times in a playoff series, which could be big uh, when Jokic sits. I mean, Ennis Cantor on Millsap. I like Ennis Cantor there, especially you know. So, but then again, the Jokic could have a couple 40, 35, 12 assist games, and then the Nuggets, and then Dame has a couple bad shooting nights. Nuggets get out to a 2-0, maybe a 2-1 lead. 
I mean, it's going to be a good series. It is. Let's uh, let's transition to Knicks-Hawks, uh, the 4-5 matchup in the East. Um, what is your prediction for this series? I have no idea, honestly. These are two teams that probably won't beat the, their, um, the next team in the list. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go with the Knicks because they're hungry. Randall's a beast. Um, Trayon's a bitch. Um, you can tell I'm just being really simple-minded here because I honestly don't think I've watched a single Hawks game this year. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to say Knicks and six. No, I'm going to say Knicks and five. I just th- the, I just think the Hawks aren't a good defensive team. They've underhyped um, on offense. They just they have a, a bunch of players who are supposed to be like decent on offense, but hasn't really materialized. And when you don't like when you're not like a super high power offense like the Nets, and then you have a bad defense, then how do you win a playoff game? So I think the Knicks I think the Knicks will be running a lot on um, the the Hawks' defense. Um, I see Knicks in five or six. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say six just for the hell of it. Yeah. No, I'm gonna say five. I'm gonna say Knicks in five. Doesn't really matter. I don't think the Knicks will be running on anyone. Um, they're ranked thirtieth in pace. But yeah. I, I know what you mean by they're just gonna tear up their yeah. defense. I think that's more what you meant. <laughs> uh, yeah. But um, Julius Randle is gonna disrespect the Atlanta Hawks. Oh yes. On another level. Um, they have absolutely no one who can guard him. Nobody. At all. Like. They don't have anybody to guard anybody. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't have anybody to guard anybody, but like. Especially a guy like Julius Randle, who's gonna, you know, bully his way, you know, at the four position. Like the Hawks, John Collins, you know, he, um, he's not gonna be able to guard him at all. Danilo Gallinari is not gonna be able to guard him at all. Um, and Capella's weak on. And Capella's a good rebounder, but he's a, just a weak defender. And mm-hmm. Randall doesn't have to be inside. He's, he's his shots improve so much. He doesn't mm-hmm. need to be inside every possession to make an impact. And all of their all of their wings are more like. A lot of them are more like two three rather than three four type wings. Um, so they're not really going to be able to match up well with him. Um, like you know, if you if you're talking about like. Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter. I mean, that's, bar- that's barbecue chicken. Tony Snell, Lou Williams, Kevin Herter. Barbecue chicken. It, it's absolute barbecue chicken. Like, I just think he's going to tear them up. And the Knicks' defense has been insane. Um, Trey Young's not going to get the same calls he gets in the regular season with hell no his foul draw drawing, um, and he's. You know the engine for their offense, so that's going to hurt them considerably. They've got a couple guys, the Hawks do, who are you know a little bit hampered by injuries. Um, Kevin Herter is a game time decision with an ankle. Bogdanovich is a hamstring game time decision, and hamstring injuries can be testy. Um, Danilo Gallinari has a back uh, game time decision. Uh, Capella has an Achilles game time decision, so they're a bit banged up. Um, I just think the Knicks are going to wash them. I'm also going. I'm also going Knicks in five. 
the Hawks are just a terrible defensive team because who's who's stopping Derrick Rose? Who's stopping um, um, fuck? Who's the guy? Who Alfred Payton. Magic, Magic, yep. Alfred Payton, exactly. Who's stopping these guys? I mean, Trey Young, Lou Williams. These are terrible, like some of the worst defenders in the league. So I, yeah. I, don't, I don't see how the Hawks even they honestly win a game, except for maybe Trey Young has a good night and Bogdan has a good night together, and they. His, like you said, the, the the Knicks have slower pace, but they're fa- it seems like they play fast in the half court with how quick Rose can drive. Um, Randall slows them down, but I think if you know when Randall isn't touching the ball, I think I mean they have a bunch of fast, quick. Yeah, guys. sure. I'm sure when Randall isn't touching the ball, their pace goes up. Um, yeah. So yeah, the the Knicks are 30th in pace. The Hawks are 23rd in pace. Um, so neither of these teams are really upper half of the league um, in that respect. Um, the Knicks are second in three-point percentage, 39.2%. So they got the shooters around Randall to make the Hawks pay um, because they're going to yeah. have to double him inside. And, and you can't. You can't double Randall. No. I mean, he's going he's gonna to kick it out um, to those shooters. And it's going to be a bloodbath. Knicks in five, I think. Because if you kick it, to, if if you double Randall with anybody, then obviously you can kick it, and then Capella, and then if if Capella wants to come out, then now you have, you know, you have another guy slashing to the rim, and no, yeah. def- so and Capella doesn't want to go out, so they're either going to make their threes, or they're going to be cutting. So um, the fact that Randall, if Randall was like seventy percent of the player he is, then the the Knicks are the seventh seed, or the, the sixth seed. But the fact that Randall can win. And draw so much attention, can win so many one-on-one matchups. It just opens the door for everybody else. Obviously, his gravity, as you would say, pretty high. That's right. Um, let's go to our final series: Clippers, Mavericks. I want now, you to take this one first. Now, this is, this now is if you remember, if you remember, yes. Mavericks Western Conference Finals is my mm. old prediction for the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I, you know, the Mavericks and the Clippers uh, had a pretty great series last year. Um, Luka Doncic got hurt midway through that series a bit, and then the Mavericks kind of fell off. But he was tearing them up before that. Um, You know, for all of, you know, what you could say about – having Paul George, Kawhi Leonard to guard him um, in the playoffs. He disproved all of it last year. Uh, he was he was tearing him up um, until he got injured. And, you know, obviously the Mavericks had a much more high-powered offense last year. Um, you know, guys like Seth Curry really, you know, were a big part of that. But I don't know how much I trust – Paul George, for one, to deliver in the playoffs. <laughs> um, I think the Clippers got lucky that Luka got hurt last year um, by a lot, uh, and then they showed their true colors against the Nuggets. Um, I think that, you know, Porzingis is a guy who can stretch Zubach out uh, to the perimeter a bit and 
you know, obviously you have a guy like Serge Ibaka too, but he's getting up there in age. Um, I think that, you know, a guy like him could really make them pay. Um, and then, you know, I just think the Mavericks are a tough matchup for the Clippers overall. Um, even guys like Maxi Kleba can kind of make them pay from the perimeter. Um, Richardson's a really good perimeter defender. Finney Smith's a good perimeter defender. You got Tim Hardaway, who's going to be able to, you know, work against the Clippers guards. Um, so overall, I, I think that I think it's going to be a tough series, um, but I'm going Mavericks in seven. All good points. The Mavericks can get hot. Luca can get hot, as he showed last year. But the Clippers have, I mean, all all off season, all year, all social media to be criticized. And um, are they built with these high character guys who can turn that fuel and turn it into W's? I don't know. I thought Kawhi Leonard um, was that kind of guy, but you he let us three uh, one lead slip away. A winnable three-one lead. So, and you know, some great players have done it in the past. Doesn't mean they're bad players, but I think the Clippers. It doesn't even seem like they played that well in the regular season. Like you just don't really hear about them, you know. But obviously, they're second in the West. But it's just kind of like, oh, no, they're not no. second in the West. Sorry, they're not second in the West. They're <laughs> third in the West. No, they're not third in the West either. They Four were third in the West, but then they tanked because they were oh. trying to. They didn't want the smoke. Lakers. They didn't want the smoke. Well, not the Lakers. Uh, and the second, I mean, Lakers and the, the next. The Blazers. Round, they did. No, oh, it, like they 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 missed the Lakers now in, this, in the next round too. Yes, um, which shows me all I need to know about the Clippers' mindset. They didn't want the smoke. Mm. They didn't want to match up against you know that team until later. Um, <sighs> that locker room is still you know it's still the Kawhi Paul George and everybody else locker room, I think. So what happens if they go down 2-0 in a series, or 2-1 in a series? Then playoff Rondo takes over. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah? <laughs> playoff Rondo? We'll see. Look, honestly, I think I think the, the Mavericks are severely outmatched here. I'm going to say Clippers in five. I just Clippers in five? The Clippers... I put Clippers to me are like the Trailblazers. They just have a really good team, top to bottom, and it's one of those teams that are just kind of like, yeah, it's more like the Lakers too. It's just kind of one of those teams like, you know what, we don't have to go super hard in the regular season. We know we, you know, we got this. But can they flip the switch? Because they didn't really flip the switch last year. They kind of just kept they coasted for way too long. So um, I think they're gonna be locked in. Rondo's not gonna let them fall off. I think uh, Beverly's not going to let him fall off. They if Rondo play. has to be the leader in that locker room, you have a problem. That's all. Rondo, Rondo was a quasi leader with the Lakers, and he's a goddamn champion. So they they had they had Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams as the leaders in their locker room last that's year, a, and we that, saw yeah. we saw how that worked out. Yeah, Lou Williams is gone. Locker room cancer. So he was not a locker room cancer. Oh. He was a veteran guy who wanted to win. He was not a locker room cancer. Don't give me that bullshit. You just have a vendetta against Lou Williams. He did not want to win. Yes, he did. You don't what go do to the strip. You don't violate COVID protocol and go to the strip club for for fucking wings, and then score like eleven or twelve points every game. Those were some good ass nine. wings. Those are some good ass wings. They look good. 
Yeah, we'll see if Rondo hits that 12-point scoring margin you're talking about. I, Rondo's having a better season than Lou Williams is. That's for damn sure. No question about it. Lou Rondo's Williams a, Lou Williams is uh, he's not able to be the guy he needs to be in Atlanta. They got too many cooks in the kitchen there. They got like 80 wings in in Atlanta. Like Okay, so do the Clippers. All demanding the ball. They got they got Trey Young, they got Bogdan Bogdanovich, they got Danilo Gallinari. Yeah, you had you had Marcus Morris, you had Kawhi Leonard, Kevin you had Paul, Paul George. You had wings. Yeah, but they're not the, he he was used to his role as a six man off the bench, being able to be the guy to to be the scorer. Now, you know, in Atlanta he's you know he's got fifty guys playing his same role. There's a reason why Atlanta sucks cock and it starts with Lou Williams. No. Yeah. They they were bad before they traded for Lou Williams. I tell you what, if you put Rondo on on the Mavericks, Mavericks and and, and four. Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> Okay, I see. I, I see why you. I see why you picked Clippers in uh, five. You, you got the Rondo hard on. I should have known better. Rondo aside, I think the the Clippers win the series, and then the Rondo just provides that stability off the bench, keep the offense in check. I mean, this is, is going to be this is going to be the Mavericks' tougher matchup. Of it's going to be their only matchup of the Jazz and the Clippers if I expect them to get to the Western Conference Final or yeah, the Western Conference Finals, this is gonna be by far the harder matchup, which is why I have Mavericks in seven. Why not Mavericks in nine? Mavericks in eleven. <laughs> just stretch no, I'm just joking. Look hey, it could happen. It could happen. Luka, Luka is more of a clutch player than Paul George. That's a given. That's true. And Kawhi Leonard was not the same player he was with the Raptors last year as he was with the Clippers. Yeah, he was better. No, he wasn't. Just he sucked. Wasn't he sucked in Game 7 against the Nuggets. He was awful. He was. Whereas Luka hit the game winner in that series against the Clippers. Yep, still lost. Not that game. Not that game. That's he lost because winner. he got hurt. I know. Couldn't fight through it back in my day. Okay. I'm just kidding. Let's um, round this out going? with our finals predictions. Okay. Who do you got in the finals and in how many games? I have Lasers versus... Lasers? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa I there. Tempted, I may be tempted to put the Blazers in the Western Conference Finals. I mean, it's going to be Lakers... And Clippers, right? But it could be, it could be Blazers. I I, I need to see the Bla- how the Blazers play in the playoffs because I was really high on the Blazers last year, and then the Lakers were just like, nope, and destroyed the, the Blazers. So wait, you so see, you're saying Blazers over Lakers because that's no, where it has to no, be, right? Nope, not there yet. I'm just kind of, I'm just. Oh, no, you're just mulling no. it. You're just. You're I'm just, just mulling it. I'm saying it, it, Western Conference Finals should be Lakers Clippers. Like it should be. Like if, it just should be. Going off talent, going off against predictions. You're really high on the Blazers this year, aren't you? I, I can't. I, I, need, I can't put my balls against the wall like that. I've already done it with the Wizards. I'm going to say it's going to be Clippers, Lakers, and then it's going to be Bucks, Nets. I don't even know. I don't even know. How, did the Bucks? It, it couldn't be Bucks next. It couldn't be Bucks. They have Bucks to play, have to play, play in the second round. So it'd have to be Bucks, Sixers, or Bucks, Wizards, according to you. 
What a matchup. Well, it'll be Nets. It won't be Bucks. Okay. So, um... So Nets Wizards is your Nets Wizards. That's, that's, that's your call for the Eastern Conference Finals. Well, who do the Wizards play play next? The, um, <laughs> the they would play the, the winner play of the Knicks and Hawks. Oh, so my Wizards are like your uh, Mavericks, honestly. Knicks would fucking beat the Wizards. No. Yes. Dude, have you seen Hatchmore play tonight? You and Hatchimura on Randall. Okay. Woo. So what happens when you watch one uh, one game? <laughs> no. Um. It'll be Nets regardless. It'll be Nets. It should be Nets Lakers. You have to, yeah. Okay. All right. It'll be Nets Lakers and then Nets and five. But it very could very well could be Blazers and and six over the Nets. You're going Nets in five if it's Nets Lakers. Yeah, but if it's Blazers Nets, I'm going Blazers in six. Okay. I think the Blazers are going to shock the world this year. The Blazers could very well and uh, find themselves in a game. This sounds a lot like uh, Blazers Lakers last year. Yep, I was high on the Blazers last year and they let me down. Yeah. I could see Blazers. I could see a game seven Blazers Blazers Lakers in the Western. Well, they wouldn't play in the Western. They'd play in the semifinals. That's just interesting how you know the shooting works because. A lot of the teams you want to be in the Western Conference Finals against each other may meet before that. Like you want to see Bucks Nets in the Eastern Conference Finals, but you don't get to see that. All right, I'm I'm talking way too long about this. What is, what's your prediction? Okay, my prediction. This is this is tough for me. It, it is. is. Oh oh yeah. This is this is a tough tough thing. So here's my mindset. All right. I think the Bucks can beat the Sixers, and I'm not. I'm and I'm not too worried about it. I'm not too worried about that matchup. I think that the Bucks can comfortably beat the Sixers in a seven-game series, whether it be six or seven games. Um, I think that the Bucks they just have the personnel that are gonna hurt the Sixers enough. They ju- they just match up really well. They do. I think that Drew Holiday can take on Ben Simmons and just shut him down completely. Um, and then Tucker on Tobias Harris. Tu- I mean, I mean zero in that, that. Yeah, I mean Tucker. Tucker's just a luxury to have in that series. Like he can oh, basically yeah. go on a lot of players that they have. Um, he could go on but Simmons. He could go on Harris. He could even go on Embiid in a pinch. Like Embiid's probably going to wreck him in a lot of those situations. But he's a body. He's a body. Um, He's a, I mean, he's a luxury against the Sixers, but he's a necessity against the Nets. Historically, Brook Lopez has matched up really well against Embiid. Um, he, he's been a really good Embiid defender. Uh, I mean, obviously Embiid will get the better of him at some points, but, you know, in their last few matchups, especially, you know, Lopez has, you know, held him to pretty decent numbers. Um Giannis has had really good numbers against the uh, Sixers in the last three years, um, just in but general. Simmons can't, Simmons can't guard him. Simmons can't guard him, and Bede can't guard him. I mean, people like to you know talk about Joel Embiid as a potential problem for Giannis, but it hasn't really been an issue over the last three seasons. Um, I, I looked it up earlier. Giannis is averaging 
33 points per game, uh, 15.9 rebounds, 6.9 assists, um, like 1.5 steals, 1.2 blocks, something like, something like that. Um, 57% or no, sorry, not 57%, uh, 62% true shooting. Um, like it's not an issue for Giannis. Giannis is going to be fine. Um, he just, you know, the Sixers' defense doesn't bother him for whatever reason. Like, they're always a good defense, but, I mean, their best defenders just can't guard him. Uh, whereas the Heat, historically, he struggled against the Heat because they can put multiple bodies against him. Um, but he didn't have Drew Holiday in the, in the past. No, he didn't have a guy – he didn't have an outlet guy like Drew Holiday, and he's got better shooters around him this year with Bryn Forbes, who's shooting 40-plus from three – Bobby Portis, who's shooting 40-plus from three. Pat Connaughton, even, who's shooting, like, 39% from three. Um, DiVincenzo's having a better shooting year from three, 37%. He's shooting 33% historically. So he's got the guys around him this year that he's going to be able to make that wall pay a lot more. Um, not having Eric Bledsoe, where the team can – like, the Heat can literally just sag all the way off Eric Bledsoe from the perimeter and put a third body on Giannis. That's going to help. Um so I'm not really worried about the Sixers, bottom line. Okay. The Nets is going to be the Bucks Eastern Conference Finals, essentially. Like, this is going to be where it happens. And I've gone back and forth on this a lot. Um, I mean, Giannis can be the best player in that series, I still think. Like, Durant's having a hell of a year efficiency-wise. Um Harden's having a hell of a year. Even Kyrie's having a hell of a year. Like they're they're playing better together, or at least when they've played together, than you know, a lot of people thought. You know, Harden's kind of taken that more distributor role. You know, Kyrie and uh, Durant are both you know lightning in a bottle. Um, but the Bucks do have the defenders one-on-one, that I think can somewhat bother the Nets. Drew Holiday can guard any one of those three, I think. Um, You know, Kyrie, Harden, Durant, whoever's out on the floor at the time, I think Drew Holiday, he he can guard those guys. Middleton, um, you're going to have to put him on somebody. Um, It's going to be tough, you know, putting him on either – Harden, Kyrie, or Durant. I think he's played the best on Durant historically, um, and he's actually bothered him a little bit um, when they played the Nets in the past. Middleton can't guard Harden. I don't think Middleton can guard Harden or Kyrie reliably. Or Kyrie, yeah. But he is, you know, he's a big enough body, and he has the defensive instincts where I think that, you know, he can at least bother Durant a little bit. You know, Durant's going to get his no matter what. But you also have a guy like P.J. Tucker. He can stick on Durant uh, a lot of times, and you know that can bother him. I think Giannis has played well when matched up against Harden and Durant historically. Um, you know, DiVincenzo could play on Kyrie in a pinch. I, I just think that they have enough versatility defensively, and they've switched enough this year where I think that they've got a shot. Um I still would favor the Nets in a series, though. It's going to be a bloodbath, though. It's going to be 
Six or seven, the, at least. The Bucks are going to have to outscore the Nets, obviously. Um, they have more defensive resistance for that. And Giannis is going to get whatever he wants. It's going to be up yeah. to the Bucks' role players and the Bucks, you know, Middleton and Drew Holiday to be consistent enough in a series to get it done. Um I'm going to go Nets in seven for my official series prediction. And that's not that's like... not that's not even me. Like I mean, I could easily go Bucks in seven. It's just my gut feeling with Budenholzer is that he's not going to do enough, and they're going to need their absolute best. Um, Come on, put it all in the Bucks. Come on. I don't know. We'll get there. Hey, we're, we're hey. This is still first round. We can change our finals predictions. Maybe if if I see the Bucks, yeah, their absolute best against the Heat. I might no, change. I'll give, you, I'll give you a game if 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 it's if it's Bucks Nets. I'll let you have the first game. You let me have the first game. Yeah. All right. You're going against three first ballot Hall of Famers here, <laughs> and then four. Blake Griffin's probably gonna be a Hall of Famer. DeAndre Jordan may be a Hall of Famer at some point. Tyler Johnson's going to be a Hall of Famer. I mean, you just got to <laughs> – I'm just kidding. But as far as it goes, I mean, it's just you guys don't – you don't have a, a point guard to guard that their point. I mean, you have Drew Holiday, obviously. So Drew will probably be on Harden. Kyrie's going to have whatever he wants. And then P.J. Tucker on, on KD. It's a tough matchup for KD, but KD's going to win it every single time. KD was destroying P.J. Tucker whenever – I mean – Peter Tucker will be with him every spot. Just like Shane Battier was with Kobe every step of the way, had his hand in his face, but Kobe's still going to knock down those shots. KD is going to knock down those shots too, even though Tucker's going to give him a hell of a time. KD's just better. Um, yeah. And, I mean, I, the Nets have barely played with each other, to be fair. Like, their, yeah. their chemistry is still up in the air. Um, yeah. They, you know, it's either been Harden and Kyrie or – you know, Harden and Durant alone. <laughs> or Kyrie and Durant. Like, it's one of those three has been injured a lot. So, like, no. that could happen again. Like, one of those guys could get injured in the playoffs or something, or they would yeah. have to take a couple games off and it could swing a series. So, like, I'm not completely counting the Bucks out by any stretch. I just think that if everybody's healthy, unless, you know, unless Boonholzer shows me something, significant against the Heat. Like, not barely beating the Heat. Mm. Taking care of business against the Heat. And then showing what he can do when everybody's locked in in a playoff series against the Nets. You know, I I could see the Bucks taking the series. Heat are more physical than the Nets, though. So, it's not like, you know, Nets are more finesse. Yeah. Um... if If they could lose anybody, they could lose Kyrie. But if they lose Harden or KD, and then it's like it's like Kyrie and Harden. I think Harden's like the one they can't lose because he's the point. I mean, he's going to get everybody else involved. He's going to get everybody in their spots. Yeah. Although Harden, you know, if he struggles in the playoffs like he has in past years. He might. You never know. You never know. He he's in a much better position than he has been historically, though, in the playoffs. Like, he had to be the guy in the playoffs so many times, like even with Chris Paul, even with Westbrook, like he had to be the creator of offense at all times. And he wasn't getting the calls that he normally did. 
and you know it's tougher to when you're that high usage and you're not getting the normal calls you're you know used to getting you're gonna fall in efficiency and that's what happened with him and you're gonna try to take like less con- you're trying to take better shots per se mm-hmm. but then like it's just harder to get better shots and then so, I, I got another guy who flops a lot is Embiid so Embiid flops probably more than anybody I've, I've, I've any big man I've ever seen and that right like he can be driving to the basket and he swings like Harden when a big man swings like Harden and obviously they're gonna call contact so I think Embiid's gonna have that's why Embiid's like I don't know struggles against you guys I think because you guys are just just more technically sound on defense and then well yeah you and you have you have two guys in Lopez and Giannis who are going to bother Embiid significantly you have Giannis coming over to help on a big body like Lopez who's already a great rim protector anyway and then Simmons like you know the Bucks have had historically great premier defenders who can you know kind of put a stop to him too so so who's your west against the Nets Lakers yeah, I have Lakers over the um, Mavericks. Over the Mavericks, <laughs> playing the Nets in the finals. If it's Lakers, Nets, I'm going I'm, Nets in six. Okay. If it's Lakers, Bucks, I'm going Bucks in six. I need to see how healthy LeBron gets as the playoffs go. Yeah, but is LeBron going to get healthier when he has to carry that load? You know, he's already – he's not going to get rest. Like I don't, I don't think he's going to have to go super hard against the Suns, to be quite honest. They have no one for AD or him. Uh, I wouldn't say they have no one. I mean – Who's going LeBron? You've got um, – Josh, Josh Jackson? I mean, uh, no, not Dragon, Dragon Bender? No, I'm blanking. Shit. No, um, fuck. Let me, my phone is being a piece of shit That's right cool. now. So what are you doing? Bridges. Now? Oh, yeah. Cal he's, Bridges. He's, he's got he can, length. He's lengthy. He's a really good defender. I think he could bother LeBron significantly. I think it's more about the Suns offense stagnating than anything in that series. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think that you know, obviously it's going to be tough to contain AD if he's at 100%, but yeah, yeah. AD but hasn't AD's, been 100%. And he's been very inefficient this year. Like, just overall in the season, he's not shooting the ball particularly well from the field. Up to it's, kind of, it's kind of like the Shaq thing. You just kind of coast during the regular season, you turn it on in the playoffs, and he's, he's played But we don't even know if either of them are healthy enough That's to do right. that. We, we don't. That's so what I'm saying. Is, is that going to – I mean – if they're not healthy, they're going to have to. They're not going to be able to just, you know, coast through series either. So they're going to be playing longer series if they're not 100% initially. That's going to weigh on them. That's going to, you know, make them less ready. I think that once the Lakers make the finals, if they make the finals, which we both have them doing, they're going to be banged up and they're going to be playing against a very talented team, no matter who comes out of the East. Um, It's going to be one of Sixers, Nets, Bucks. And I think we both agree it's probably going to be either Bucks or Nets. I think any of those teams beats the Lakers currently and beats any other West team. Yeah. 
I think so too. But the Lakers got better as the playoffs went on last year. Yeah. So. So. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Who's your um? Who's your bold finals? Like, if you're gonna do a, would you say Mavericks is your bold finals winner? I'm gonna say my Blazers. Bold, is, is, well, my, is, is my Bucks bold. is Bucks finals winner? Is that no. bold? You don't think so? Uh, yeah, Mavericks. Then I think. No, sorry. Well, it, it, sorry, real quick. It is bold, yes, but you've already you've already mentioned it. Okay. Then yeah, my dark horse would be like the Mavericks, probably. Okay. Um, yeah. Let us go briefly to the mailbag uh, before we oh, move no. on to our uh, segments with Mark. Um, you sure you don't want to put Mark before this? So, Noah asks, um, who is the biggest, or sorry, no, Noah asks, how much will the Nuggets miss Murray in the postseason based on how well they are playing? We kind of already answered this a little bit, um, but how much do you think, how how good do you think the Nuggets would be if they had Jamal Murray, and how far do you see, would you see them going? Because a lot of people had them as a dark horse finals winner before Murray went down. It's just it's so dependent upon how healthy the Lakers get. We've already covered that. I think I think they have a tough matchup against the Blazers. Obviously, like Blazers in the first round for anybody's a tough tough out, especially how with how weak overall I think the the Nuggets will be on defense. They're be, they are like a top twelve defensive team, but I don't think they can sustain that in the playoffs for some reason. I don't my gut feeling, but they do have Aaron Gordon, who's a much like, he's the wing defender they've been missing for a long time. He's kind of a key ingredient to guard, like, LeBron and Leonard and those type of guys. Yep. Um, I think it'll hurt them. Um, I thought it was going to hurt them in the regular season, but then they've obviously proved proved that yeah. not to be the case. But I don't think Campazzo can be a playoff, can be a Western Conference Finals point guard, personally. So I think I think if they, if they do get out of the first round, I think like if they if they had Murray or with I don't know I don't know I think it's gonna obviously it's gonna hurt them um, they've been playing a really good team basketball and like I said earlier that sometimes uh, a ball dominant player can hurt the team when they're not playing as fluidly as a team but the playoffs is about winning those one on one matchups I feel like Charles Barkley or Chris Weber, Chris Weber reiterating that like over and over again but that's just how how it has been historically you know. When the game grinds to a halt in the fourth quarter, it, I mean, they have Jokic, but Jokic is I don't I I don't know. I think it just it just caps their ceiling on how far they can go. It's going to put more stress on Jokic. It's going to like if you have two guys who you potentially have to double team when you have Murray and Jokic out there. Then now you only really have one guy that you potentially well, you have Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, but do you would you double Michael Porter Jr. in the fourth quarter? No. Yeah, I would say so if he's hot. I mean, he's shown that he's been he's been on fire recently ever since Jamal Murray went down. Like he's been their other guy. There's a reason that they've barely skipped a beat. So like if he continues at the pace that he's going, yeah, you, you double team in the fourth quarter. He's like basically he's like basically a six eleven sharpshooter, like Kevin Durant esque. So Kevin Durant six eleven now. Well, I mean, he's taller than Kevin Durant, but oh my god, this is another thing that Ben and I argue about. I think Kevin Durant's seven foot, seven foot one, maybe even seven foot two. Seven foot. <laughs> no, I think he's definitely six eleven or seven foot. But then he's like six nine. 
No. Yes. Anyway, so I think I think it'll hurt them. I think it just limits their ceiling. Limits. But then, like I, like I said, it it now like like you're saying, it brings Michael Porter Jr. up because Michael Porter Jr. is now in the spotlight and mm-hmm. he's asked to do more. So when the star player goes down, then now other players have to step up and they they it just it's just a different team. So Porter probably wouldn't Porter wouldn't be playing as well if, if Murray was maybe not still yeah he wouldn't be given as big of a role at least and maybe that wouldn't help him get in rhythm as much like he clearly stepped up his game since Murray went down so um, I would have the Nuggets beating the Lakers if Murray was healthy I think right now um, I would have them in the finals um, but I would have either the Nets or Bucks beating them in the finals at this point. Um, I so I think that it's significant. Um, I think it significantly raises their ceiling. Um, so, yeah, that's my yep. long and short of it. Um, let's move on to our final question here. Um, this is a fun one. Uh, it's also something I'm going to have Mark answer in a bit here. But which playoff team, this is from Sam, which playoff team is best suited to win in an MMA style brawl. If you keep the same bracket, same number one one champion to rule them all, who is the team that you're taking in an MMA fight? Who's the most physical, like, you know, hard-nosed, tough guy team? I mean, if it's just Westbrook alone, I'm just kidding. I think objectively, it's probably the Lakers. The Lakers? I think so. Lakers or the Clippers, probably. LeBron would flop and put his eye drops in at the first sight of contact. Give me a break. He would. Give me a break. AD? AD, like, literally flops every other play. They're so soft. But they're not going to flop in in the MMA. Who do they got? They got got a Morris brother. Yeah. They got Drummond. Drummond's a massive body. Drummond is not who I would... Say as like a intimidating presence. Come well, on, you, you got the Sixers. You got the Sixers I with Embiid and Howard. Look, I, I I didn't factor in like flopping. I didn't. I, I just factored like a brawl. Like if they lose and they then they get their head chopped. I thought like they're playing at their maximum. And the Lakers have insane size and strength. Somebody's decapitating. Uh, somebody is decapitating. Uh, Caruso immediately off the bat, <laughs> off the jump. He's he's just getting annihilated. Oh my god! Skinny little. Wait, so we're taking their NBA characteristics, and then I didn't expect that. So I didn't think like how they like reacted to fouls. I didn't expect that. Like okay, I didn't factor right. that in. We can't. No, we can't. I, 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 I don't, don't, have, don't have to. I mean, give your answer to why the Lakers would win. I mean, LeBron is a physical specimen. Obviously, AD is a pretty dominant big man. He's more finesse than he is, you know, brute force like indeed. But yeah, you have an honor the Kubo brother. I mean, that that's already an athlete. The Bucks, the Bucks would be up there. I think they got Drew Holiday, they got PJ Tucker, they yeah. got they got two on the Kubo brothers. They got big beefy Brooke Lopez. They got Bobby Portis who punched Nikola Mirotic in the fucking eye. But yeah, you you still have Dante Bryn Forbes. Yeah. And and Pat Connaughton. Yeah, I mean, they're I mean, well. Pat Connaughton, he's an athlete. He's an athlete. He's a jumper. <laughs> he's a jumper. <laughs> Bucks back end weaker. All right, they got okay, yeah. they got Forbes. They got Teague. You know, 
they got Dante. He's a string bean. But on the front end, I mean, two Antetokounmpo's, Brooke Lopez, Tucker, Bobby Portis, and Drew Holiday. Like, even Middleton, he's a big guy. I mean, he's more soft, but. He's a little soft. But they got big players. They got got big jumbo lineup of of MMA guys. I agree. Um, We're going size. That's a good pick. PJ Tucker's fighting tooth and nail. He is. Um, the Clippers. You got Beverly Rondo. You got a Morris brother. Yeah. You got Kawhi who may get Surge like, get pissed off. You got Surge. Oh yeah, Montrezl Harrell for the Lakers. I mean, you got the Lakers center depth is, and big guy depth is gonna help them here. So you got so dude Lakers versus Bucks. I'm taking Lakers in that. I'm taking Bucks all the way against the Lakers. Wow. Wow. I mean, Sixers is more of a worry for me in an MMA duel. Curry, like, Curry already mellifies that. Okay, Curry is on the soft side. So but everybody else, though. Like but you said. Mike Scott, he's a gamer. He's a gamer. Yeah. Mike Scott is he's, he's punching somebody's eye out. <laughs> um, Dwight Howard, Embiid. Dwight Howard. Simmons is kind of a pussy. <laughs> he, he's he's talking about how he should be defensive player of the year because he's versatile. That's not that's not what's gonna get you uh you know a win in an MMA fight. No. He's a finesse. He's a finesse defender. <laughs> that him saying he's a versatile defender and then calling himself good is like me saying like I took a bunch of like AP tests and I got ones in all of them. Like, if that was the case, it was like, oh, I took a lot of AP tests. First style student. <laughs> Gets a one on every single one of them. No, he's a better defender than that. But, um, what about underrated, uh, the Miami Heat? Jimmy Butler alone. Jimmy, Jimmy and Bam. <laughs> Jimmy, Butler could take, Jimmy Butler could take everyone. Yeah, and Haslam, too. Bam, yeah. All right, Butler versus Westbrook. Who you got? Butler. Westbrook. All day. Oh. <laughs> Butler would eat. Westbrook's lunch money. He he just he'd annihilate him. Right. I mean the heat the heat soft with Hero and Robinson and Dragic. Yeah. Yeah. But precious precious the Chua's he's a big guy. And you got Adebayo, Butler, who is basically like eight people. Um you got Haslam. Haslam. Iguodala. <laughs> he's that uh He's that sturdy. He's that sturdy, solid. He's soft. Finals MVP. No, Steph should have won that Finals MVP. Heat are definitely uh, just like in real life. They're uh, they're a bit of a matchup problem for the Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going Bucks. You're going Lakers. Lakers or Clippers? Yeah. Yeah, Clippers. I don't buy it at all. No. Sorry. Beverly's. Taking everyone uh, Kennard, Reggie Jackson. Oh, Reggie's Reggie's a gamer. Come on, Reggie is not a gamer. Luke Kennard definitely a negative. <laughs> Zubach is a negative. Yeah, big negative. <laughs> Surge, Surge is good. Paul George is a negative. Let's yeah. Let's be honest. He's a big body, but he he's all he's all talk. I'm going Lakers. All right. Well, that basically wraps up our portion of the show. We got Mark coming up 
pretty soon. Uh, hang in for that. Uh, Mark's been waiting a while. Mark's been waiting a while to talk. He's yeah, like he, an hour and a half. He has uh, more, than, more than an hour and a half. Uh, thank <laughs> you, Zach. This is a lot of fun. Uh, we'll be back soon to, you know, kind of talk about first round a little bit. Um, but until then, uh, thank you, and we'll go on to Mark. As promised, we have the co-creator of Premium Hoops and contributor at uh, Indie Cornrows, as well as podcast host at Indie Cornrows, Mark Schindler. How you doing? Ben, I'm really good, man. How are you doing? I appreciate you uh, appreciate you having me on and being flexible too. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm not sure if you, you said it on the pod yesterday, but I got uh, I got hit with the uh, the second dose of the vax yesterday. I was totally fine until about an hour before recording and. Uh, yeah, so it's been a it's been an adventure, but we're 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 getting out of the the dark spot now. I'm just glad I got it. So yeah, I got Mark got hit like a Mack truck last night after the. It uh, felt very much like it, man. It's basically between that and the Pacers yeah. game, it was really uh, just. Oh yeah, a, a actually, that was almost uplifting, man. I'm glad <laughs> that it, that it ended because now I don't have to um I don't have to cover any more of those games this season. They were just a dismal team, uh, for about the last thirty games there. So I'm uh, I'm I'm glad that it ended up going out the way it did. Yeah, that would have been it would have been pretty hard to watch against the Sixers. I would imagine, yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. Oh god, dude, they would have gotten they would have definitely gotten swept. Like if you can if you let up 154 points to the Wizards, uh, I, fair, I don't feel great about it. I have a Sixers sweep. I had a Sixers sweep no matter who they were going to face. Oh yeah, definitely. So. I think yeah. Washington might give them a game, but Maybe, at the yeah. same time, I don't know, man. I'm I'm just glad like A instead of drafting 15th, Pacers will draft 13th, so it's not like a great jump up but it's it's better than nothing man so I'll take it yeah I was watching the game last night and I saw your tweet about Marv Albert mispronouncing uh, <laughs> oh, Keelan Martin about eight different times <laughs> awful he kept saying Keelan I'm like like literally first of all it doesn't look like that at all when you read his name mm-hmm. second of all like I mean that's just part of it's because I hate Marv Albert because he's just a shitty dude but also like you should just know that stuff like if you're going to be a broadcaster you got to know how to do that that's part of like if you're a broadcaster at the highest level it's what you get paid to do so yeah it was yeah. smart on uh, TNT's part to just put him out to pasture after this year yes uh, it's well overdue <laughs> but uh, Definitely. let's uh get right into some of our playoff previewing uh so Zach and I earlier we did some of our bold predictions. What's your boldest prediction for the 2021 NBA playoffs? Ooh, well, I originally didn't think that this was bold, but I do think it is now, considering how everyone's picking it. Um, I'm taking the Suns over the Lakers in the first round. Ooh, um, okay. I it's not that I, I mean the Lakers are, are the Lakers are the defending champs, but I just think they're uh, they haven't really been inspiring over even with AD and LeBron back. A lot of shit's been thrown at uh, Andre Drummond which I think has been mostly unwarranted. I think he's been fine there. A lot of it's just been, like, if you watch, like, going back and watching the Warriors game and the games prior, a lot of the issues they're having are just LeBron and AD do not look entirely right. Mm -hmm. Um, AD, you know, really struggling the way he has, shooting from the floor. Like, that's what really vaulted them into being title winners last year. And, you know, not to take anything away from them, I think even if AD shoots a little bit worse, they probably get at least, uh, I mean, to the Western Conference Finals. But, I mean, he went from uh, being, like, a, an okay mid-range shooter to, like, just having an outlier 
crazy, crazy good shooting stretch mm-hmm. in the playoffs. I'm just not sure that's going to happen, and I don't really know if we're going to get that from anybody else on the roster outside LeBron. Um, I never want to, like, bet against LeBron James because he's, he's LeBron James, obviously, but I just think this Suns team is so good, and they have home court advantage against this this Lakers team. Um, Plus, I think I don't they know. have some guys to throw at them, at least. Like they have, yeah, they have Crowder, I do wonder, like, they have a lot of coaches. it is uh, DeAndre Ayton has to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, he's been uh, very hit and miss this year, super inconsistent. Um, like, he'll have really awesome stretches where he's really engaged and uh, aggressive on both ends, but then he can just have nights where he just kind of doesn't really put it all together. Um, and so it'll, it'll be big for him to do that in his first ever playoff series. Um, but I, I mean, I, I, I'm buying stock for the Suns. I, I think that they're gonna, they're, they're I, I, it'll be a close series, but I, I would take the Suns. So that's my bold prediction. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I, I just, I just think that the Lakers are a tough matchup in particular for the Suns, just because, mm-hmm. you know, the Lakers perimeter defense is so good, and the Suns rely on jump shooting a lot. You know, they're not going to be the team that's going to bully you inside, get a lot of free throws. So you're gonna have to rely on Booker and. Chris Paul to make a lot of their shots and Aiton still isn't like the type of center that's gonna you know get you eight nine free throws you know for himself per game so you know that's important in the playoffs um I guess it just at the end of the day it comes down to how healthy LeBron and AD are so definitely be an interesting series to watch I think Um, yeah definitely so do you want to do a little I guess first round speed round here, like uh, pick the team and then it had how many games uh, for each, you know, of the matchups. So we got Sixers Wizards. I'm going Sixers uh, and four. Yeah, I would take Sixers Sixers and four and a half. I'll put it's, uh, give me a little <laughs> bit of leeway. I think the Wizards might take one game, but I would uh, I would definitely buy the uh, the Sixers to win that series pretty easily. Okay, Jazz. Warriors slash Grizzlies. <laughs> I'm taking the Jazz in five or six. I have Jazz in six, assuming that the Warriors are the ones that win tonight in the playing game. Um, I do think Steph can cause them a little bit of trouble, you know, and Rudy Gobert has had his issues in the playoffs, but the Jazz are just too good of a team to, you know, make it that close. Yeah, that's where I'm at as well. Um, okay, Nets Celtics. <laughs> Uh, this one's an easy uh, Nets and five for me. I think the Celtics will probably snag one game because of how freaking good Jason Tatum is. Uh, but I just don't – I mean, the depth isn't there. They're, the lack of playmaking is going to show through like a sore thumb, even with Brooklyn not being a great defensive team. Uh, and I think Brooklyn's just going to come in locked in and ready to go. Uh, they're, they're not going to play with their food in this, at least is the way that I would put it. I, I think they really want to – um, just attack the playoffs head on, and I don't. I just don't think that the the, the Celtics are going to have enough, especially because if uh, if Robert Williams is not playing, um, I I, the, I I have genuine questions about what the defense is going to look like. Yeah, I I have Nets in four, but I mean, I just don't think the Celtics have the firepower, even with Jason Tatum. If he went off for like forty plus a night, I just feel like it's a losing battle. The Celtics aren't good on defense, the Nets aren't good on defense, and the Nets just have so much more talent to work with at this point. I'm not very optimistic about Kemba in the playoffs again, you know, just because he's a smaller guard, tends to struggle. Not that the Nets are going to give him much resistance, but I just think that the Nets, it's going to be a shootout, and the Nets have way more, uh, but I could see Jason Tatum, you know, maybe he goes off for like 
50 in a game and, you know, snags yeah. one while they're, you know, not fully prepared or whatever. But definitely, I think we're basically in agreement there. Um, so Suns-Lakers, you picked Suns er, in six, and I'm taking Lakers in six uh, just because I have a little bit of more faith probably that LeBron and AD will be healthy enough to, you know, take care of it and just the Lakers perimeter defense being able to limit the Suns enough. Um, but I do think Chris Paul, he's got his uh, his clutch gene. He's got the bag yeah. of tricks. He can pull out a couple from under their nose. Um, so that'll be an interesting series. A lot of people are picking Suns for that too. Um, so we got Bucks Heat. I'm taking the Bucks. Bucks and six. Bucks and this six. Is a, it's a different team, man. It's not. This is not last year for either team. The Heat have really struggled with consistency and putting everything together, and they yeah. did a little bit down the stretch, but their defense kind of fell apart as they figured things out on offense. Um, I just don't have a lot of uh, belief in what this Heat team has done this year. Like, it's not like they're a bad team, but uh, I think the idea that they're going to flip the switch this year is kind of – I just don't really see it. Um, they were fantastic last year, and they felt really built for the bubble in the way that they attacked everything. And um, not to make excuses, but, like, George Hill was really open talking about how – uh, you know, when the Bucks got to the bubble, how different it was for them getting there. And I think that the Bucks really lost a lot in terms of the momentum that they had from the regular season compared to. And I still think, frankly, that the, the Heat probably would have won that series. But um, this this Bucks team is just different. Yeah. I mean, having Drew Holiday instead of 30% jump shooting Eric Bledsoe in the playoffs yeah. is definitely a plus. And having the ability to put Holiday on Jimmy Butler consistently um, – you know, the Bucks had a lot of success when they put Wes Matthews on him last year, but Bud refused to play him more than, like, 20 minutes a game in favor of guys like Pat Connaughton, who he was, like, playing 30-plus minutes, um, who couldn't guard Jimmy Butler to save his life. But, yeah, it's a different team. You got P.J. Tucker now who can switch better uh, with some of the heat shooters. Um, you know, I just think that the Bucks will take care of business. You don't have Jay Crowder on the Heat anymore either, who's gonna who was you know really successful when they were building the wall against Giannis. So uh, Zach and I talked at length about this series, and we both agreed that the Bucks are probably gonna pull it out in earlier yeah. than seven. So um, Nuggets Blazers. Uh, this one is something I struggled with. Uh, I think. This one's probably the most toss-up out of any of the series for me, but I want to go Portland just because uh, they've really turned things on over the last month. Uh, right when shit really hit the fan for them, they figured out what they were doing. Uh, but again, it's hard to know what to take from the last month of the of the season. Mm-hmm. But also with the Nuggets, I just I mean, Will Barton is coming back for the first game, but he also hasn't played in like a month. Um, Aaron Gordon, I don't know what – I mean, Aaron Gordon's been good in his role, but I just don't know where they're getting extra shot creation from. Like, I think uh, – like, Portland's defense isn't awesome by any means, but they've they've gotten a lot better. Uh, and what they're doing offensively is just fantastic, especially with their starting lineup. Um, but, again, I can go either way because Jokic is just so freaking good, and he could win a series by himself. But, I mean, yeah. so can Damian Lillard, and that team is just more – they're they're at a healthier spot right now, and the Nuggets aren't. So um, I don't trust Facundo Campazzo in the playoffs. <laughs> um, as much as some people, I'm sure some Argentinian fans will disagree with me, but 
Uh, I don't know. I think I, I, w- I would probably lean Blazers in six or seven right now. Okay. I have Nuggets in six, um, but I am very confident in Jokic being able to carve up the Blazers' defense, uh, you know, just really thriving off the back cuts and stuff to the hoop and, you know, working the up, upper mid post. Um, I think that, you know, Dame is awesome, and Dame could win you a series on his own. Jokic could win you a series on his own, but Jokic is having one of the best individual offensive seasons of all time. So, you know, I don't think the Blazers' defense has improved to a point where they could stop him. And Michael Porter Jr. has been having an insane run since Murray went down. Having Barton can only help them. Um, But Zach picked Blazers. Uh, He also had as his uh, hot take for the playoffs that the Blazers would make it to the Western Conference Finals, I think. Oh, God, man. Uh, And then give Terry Stotts one more run. Yeah, no, I – (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't know if I would go that far. I don't think that they're quite that level, but I mean, who knows, man? I, I I'm I'm really not sure what to think about this this playoffs in some regards, but yeah, it's gonna um, be there's there's gonna be some series in here that are pretty gonna be pretty interesting to watch. Uh, let's move on to Knicks Hawks. Uh, I have Knicks in five. What about you? I oh, you have Knicks in five. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have Hawks in seven. Ooh. Um. I think that the Hawks just – I mean, the Knicks, it's hard. I mean, I guess this is another one probably secondary to me to, to Portland, Denver. Like, if Julius Randle just has an amazing, crazy good series, then yes, I can see the Knicks winning. But so much of what they're doing – like, if he struggles at all on offense, I don't have a lot of uh, faith in, in the Knicks being able to generate enough points. Um I really have liked what Atlanta's done over the last 25, 30 games. Uh, I, I think that they have a lot that they can throw at, at Randall. And I, honestly, the way that I do it, I don't even, like. Ideally, they're not going to double Julius Randall, um, which sounds like counterintuitive. But so much of their offense is derived from when Julius Randall gets double teams, they get open shots. Uh, they really don't have a lot of scripted stuff to to get open shots, and they only have a couple of – like Reggie, Reggie Bullock's like their only movement shooter. Mm-hmm. R.J. Barrett's been awesome, but he's not a guy who's doing stuff other than catch and shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've had a lot of uh, three-point variances really gone this, their way this year, and part of that's just improvement across the boards. But I'm, I'm interested to see how that holds up in the playoffs. Um, and then with Atlanta, they just have so many guys who can attack you offensively without being terrible on defense. And I think just in a playoff setting, that's going to matter a little bit more. Um, I hope I'm wrong in some regards, though, because I really like this Knicks team. Like, they've been one of my favorite teams to watch all year. I just am not sure. Like, especially, too, they remind me a lot of the Pacers teams from the last couple years under Nate McMillan, which is kind of hilarious because they're playing a Nate McMillan-led team. But, like, you look at them, and I just don't know what else they have to give in the playoffs. Um, Like, I I don't want to say that they've showed their hand or anything, but, like, they – treat every single regular season game like it is a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Um, they're always going all out. And, I mean, you can see playing Julius like 37, 38 minutes a game. Same thing with RJ. Um, like, that, it, it begs the question, okay, well, then what are the how, – how do they ramp up and hit another level in the playoffs? And I'm just not sure on that. So, right now, I would pick the Hawks. Okay. So, I have the Knicks for a couple reasons. One, their defense, I think, is mm-hmm. going to bother the Hawks a lot. Um and the fact that Trey Young is probably not going to get all the calls that he's accustomed to getting in the playoffs, you know, that could be. This is his first like big series um, that he's, you know, 
going to be in. So I think that it's he's going to struggle a little bit. Um, I just don't think the Hawks have anybody who can guard Randall one-on-one. So I think you're going to have to double at some point with him. And then, you know, the Knicks are shooting second in the league, three-point shooting. Uh, I think they were like 41% um, last I checked. So I don't know. I think that, you know, Derek Rose can do some good things. Um, you know, a lot. I think a lot of people underrate him. Um, and, you know, like you said, you know, they don't have a lot of guys who are movement shooters, but they might not have to be with Randall kind of just being that focal point in the offense like you're familiar with with Sabonis. But um, yet to see how that works in the playoffs. So it'll it'll definitely be interesting. Um, I have Nixon five, though. I'm, I'm pretty confident in, in Julius Randall. Um, let's go to the final first round series here. Clippers Mavericks. What do you got? Uh, I'm taking Clippers in five. Clippers um, in five. This, this Mavericks team just isn't, I mean, they're, they're fine. Um, they're a playoff level team, but the Clippers are, they're not a four seed. Um, like this Clippers team is just really damn good. The offense is, if I remember correctly, it's the best in the league, especially over the last couple months. Uh, and they've cleaned up things defensively. I just think this Clippers team is way better. Um, and outside of Luka, I really don't think that Dallas has a lot to offer. The offense has been – like, they're ninth, but they've been kind of lackluster this year. A lot of it's just uh, Luka doing heavy lifting. And they don't really have a ton outside of him. Um, and the defense has been eh. Like, there have been moments where it's looked better, but overall I don't think it's that great. Um I know that Dallas was able to give them fits last year and Rick Carlisle coached a hell of a series, but um, the Clippers are just a way better team than the Mavericks have been this year. And like, I know some people would point out to me, Dallas has been better over the last month or so. And it's not to sound reductive, but some of their wins have been hollow. Um, Like they beat a lot of guys who, I mean, a lot of teams who rested guys or Mm -hmm. had, had people out. Um, And again, like, I mean, the Mavs have had some of the same issues too, but I just, in watching this team, uh, and talking to people around them, they're they're just not. This is not the same team as last year, so I'm not I'm not really buying too much in them. My bold prediction for the oh, playoffs: wow. uh, Mavericks Western Conference Finals. Wow. Okay. Not winning. I had them losing. Making the it. I mean, still so making it to the Western Conference Finals. I have Mavericks in seven for this series. Um, and like you said, they're not the same offense as they were last year. Um, but they didn't really have an answer for Luca before he got hurt in that series. Um, mm. And, you know, he was, you know, kind of giving them trouble. You know, they were talking about how, you know, you think that Kawhi Leonard or Paul George, you know, they have a lot of bodies that they can throw at him. But, you know, he's – the, the Mavericks have been on a good run as of late, so they have some momentum in the right direction, even if they don't, uh, even if some of those wins were a little hollow, like you said. I think they're on the right track, whereas the Clippers were ducking smoke a little bit, trying to get a lower yeah, seed, yes. you know? I mean, I'm not sure if, you know, the Mavericks were to go up maybe 2-1 in the series, how they'd react with that locker room. It's still, I'm still not sure how that dynamic works with, you know, kind of last year how they were talking about it was Kawhi and Paul George and then the rest of the guys. And then the rest of the guys were the guys who were, you know, kind of relied on for that veteran leadership with Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell and um, Patrick Beverly. So, you know, some of those guys are gone now. Um, and 
you know, they did have a fantastic regular season. They clearly have the talent advantage, but I believe in Luka Magic. I, uh, <laughs> they're not the same offense. They're not the same high-powered offense, but um, it's my bold prediction for the Western Conference Finals. Hey, man, more power to you. It's, it's good to have bold predictions. And I think, <laughs> I mean, anything, anything's possible, but I just think, yeah, this Clippers team just feels a lot stronger to me. That's fair. That's um, fair. Um, real quick, finals predictions? Uh, I, I'm going to go Bucks. Uh, Bucks Clippers would be my finals. I don't know who I would pick. Um, I think I would. I'm torn on who I would pick there. Yeah. Um, one of them would win. I uh, no. I think uh, I would probably go. Um, I'll probably go Clippers in that series. But uh, I'm, that's without doing like any extra background research into it or anything. And again, it'll change because we have an entire month before we get there. Um, so. Yeah. As oh, yeah. of as of right now, I have Nets Lakers in my uh, in my finals. I have the Nets beating the Bucks in seven in the second round, um, just because I'm not. I'm like Bud has made his adjustments this year. I'm still not 100 percent confident that those adjustments yeah. are gonna that he's gonna be reactive enough. And you know, I just not that Steve Nash is a you know dynamo of a coach, but you know, Eric Spolster will be much more of a test for Bud from a chess pieces standpoint, uh, the series before that. But I just think the Nets have so much talent and, you know, the Bucks are going to have to be on their A game, like AA game to beat them. And I don't know after last year, you know, they're going to be more locked in obviously, and maybe coming off the heat, they'll be more confident, but um, the Bucks, they, I feel like, some other guys just don't have the consistency to shape up against a team with James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. But that may change if I see them wallop the heat and, you know, they're coming off strong. Maybe they get a game or two at the beginning of the series. You know, I could change my mind. But as of right now, I got Nets in seven. No, Nets in six for the finals. Okay, yeah, I could see it. I personally like. I like the the Bucks matchup for for the Nets. I mean, I like the Nets matchup for the Bucks. Um, I think that. Uh, well, I haven't like. I think Bud has almost been overly like. It's it's annoying because he's been like very. Uh, he he hasn't been reactive like you're saying. It's been uh, he's made adjustments, but it's almost been like forced adjustments in mm-hmm. some ways, like switching Brooke Lopez onto everybody. Like, it's like, I, I don't really want to see that. Yeah. Brooke doesn't need to see that. Like, no. the game against uh, when Kevin Porter Jr. scored 85,000 points, um, <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, he cooked Drew Holiday. Like, he did a couple times, but, like, for the most part, it was because Brooke Lopez got switched onto him, like, right. eight or nine times, and it's like, you can't have that. No. Um, so I'm hopeful that they'll clean that up in the playoffs. They were just ironing that out to – to be more comfortable for the playoffs. But hopefully, I think, hopefully, like... Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully they switch one through four more and leave Brooke yeah. down low. But go on. I just think if any team is going to give the Nets problems, uh, I think the Bucks have the most that they can match up with them defensively. I agree. I think the, I, that actually goes to... Uh, right up next, we have our mailbag question. Who's the biggest threat to Brooklyn in the East? And I think it's the Bucks. Yeah, I would say it's the Bucks too. Like, I think it's it, it would be just really hard for Philly because... The the best lineups that I think Philly could throw at Brooklyn are just not going to be able to score. Um, like I mean, again, it's it's tough because uh, I mean, who is Brooklyn going to defend and bead with? Like, of course, I mean, it's DeAndre Jordan, but like, what is uh, again? Like, 
you're not stopping and B, but at the same time, are they going to be able to outscore Brooklyn? I just I don't know because like mm-hmm. I ideally Matisse Thybulle is out there guarding James Harden uh, or Kyrie, but then your offense is totally clogged up and just not at the same level. So I don't know. I think yeah, the Bucks just have the two way versatility to really impact on the both ends, and I liked the way that the Bucks played the Nets in the prior two games. Yeah, they they definitely did. I mean, the Nets weren't at full power. Uh, in either of those games, so the Bucks still it remains to be seen how they'll match up against all three. Because you know you yeah. can put Drew Holiday on one of them, you know when there's only two, and then give one to Giannis or Middleton or Tucker. Um, but you know I feel like the Bucks definitely have the defensive personnel to slow some of those guys down, which is exciting. Um, mm-hmm. And they've had a great high-powered offense in the regular season. Um, and they had one, you know, in prior years too. So that's a little bit worrying to me, but they've definitely introduced a lot more versatility in the offense and kind of utilizing Giannis more as like what he is, a big man with handles instead of a point forward, you know, perimeter creator. Um, so they've, you know, given him a lot more to do on the elbows and uh, facing up at the basket rather than just backing down in the post, kind of um, utilizing his quickness and stuff and introducing the dunker spot in their offense instead of just completely letting him go to work with four out um, and him driving to the paint because that's, you know, when you don't have the shooters to make him pay, it's they're just going to build a wall against that, um, yeah. which is what we've seen. So, you know, I'm – I'm somewhat confident in the Bucks to be able to, you know, take out some of those weaknesses of the Nets, um, and they definitely have the best chance, I think, of a team, I think a team in the NBA, to be quite frank, you know, East or West, I think they're the best matchup. It just depends if it's enough, um, and if Budenholzer helps them get there, but... Um, yeah. One final mailbag question before we uh, wrap this up. Which playoff team is best suited to win an MMA style brawl? Same bracket, one oh, champion. Wow. So Zach Hold and I had our pull picks. some rosters. Okay. Zach. Actually, wait. This reminds me, not to cut you off, but have you watched uh, on YouTube? It's a like a Russian fight league, um, where it's like a five on five thing, and like it, there's a. I'll have to send it to you because I, I I don't remember how I came across this. Um. But it's literally like an MMA file, an, M- an MMA style like gladiator thing. It's ridiculous. Oh, that's cool. Uh, no, I haven't seen that. If if you lose like one or two people early, then you just get shit canned. Yeah. Because, like <laughs> there was a, somebody just gets like cornered four on one, and it's like, oh man. But yeah, I'll have to send it to you. It's it's priceless, man. I have no idea how it's legal, but they do it. Yeah, uh, I think Zach picked the Lakers. Um, I picked the Bucks, but I thought Philly was close. Hmm, this is tough. Uh, the Bucks have two under the Kumpos. They got Big Brook Lopez. They got Drew Holiday, PJ Tucker, Bobby Portis. Little thinner on the back end. Yeah. Um, part of me wants to say the Knicks, um, just the because Knicks. of how they play. Yeah. But, Tib- just um, put Tibbs out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Tibbs is like five guys on his own. Man, uh, definitely not Portland. I could see the Lakers. I don't see it with Golden State because they're pretty small. Yeah. Um, Philly, though, they Dallas. got MB, they got Howard, they got Mike Scott. Dwight will foul out five minutes into the match. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Man, yeah, I think I would go with. Uh, I would actually probably go with Milwaukee. I think you're, you're right, especially because they they do the W. Well, I don't know if they do it anymore, but they used to. They do did the it with WWE with Robin. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they they've not done it this year, but they have the experience there. They have the experience. Yeah, they just have win by virtue of size because they just have Bobby, a lot of uh, Bobby Portis punching Miritich in the eye in, in <laughs> Chicago. Yes. Never forget. PJ Tucker's a dog. I think they I think they got the uh, the scrappiness. <laughs> I could see it, yeah. Bobby's uh, Bobby's Twitter presence is great, by the way. Too. Oh, I love Bobby's, yeah, I love Bobby on Twitter. Um, well, thanks for coming on, Mark. Uh, yeah, of that, course, man. That wraps up uh, our playoff preview. Um, do you have anything you want to plug? I know you've kind of been all over the place recently, so uh, far yeah, away. man, it's uh, definitely all over the place. Uh, first of all, I appreciate you having me on a ton, man. It's been a it's been a blast. We'll have to do it again sometime. Um, and thanks for being flexible. Um, of course. Yeah, you can find me at M. Schindler MBA on Twitter. Uh, I just put out a new article today. Uh, started started up draft work, did my first draft profile on Scotty Barnes and what his fit would look like with the Indiana Pacers over at Indy Cornrows. Um, pretty much in full-on uh, draft mode now. I'll be watching the playoffs, of course, probably less NBA writing, more draft writing. And uh, I'm looking at dabbling in some WNBA stuff, too. I've started to watch some of the games, and uh, cool. I'm – I've really enjoyed it, and I, I want to watch a lot more. I'm a Seattle Storm person right now, uh, but I love Elena Deladon, so I don't know. We'll see, man. But, yeah, I, uh, you can find any of my stuff there. And, uh, thanks again for having me on, man. Yeah, of course. This was fun. We'll definitely do it again. All right. Uh, you can find us at Backseat GM Pod on Twitter or Instagram. You can listen to us, Spotify, uh, Apple Music, or Simplecast. Um, have a great day, everyone.